0: Welcome to the Metalist, where we discuss our top five personal favorites. Yeah. Is that what you want to call it? We can all do that. things metal, all things distorted guitars. If you dig it, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Don't forget, rate and review, like and subscribe, give us a follow, maybe give us a share. Now, you know what time it is? What time is it? I'm ready for some fucking God hammered.
1: The metal the the,
0: the the mental mental man. Man. the
1: talk about stuff. The
0: And now, your hosts, David Dilo Lopez and Jason Smith.
1: This is The Metalist. Hello, and thanks for joining us whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. Metalist Podcast, I'm Dave. And I am
0: the walking dude. But, we have a very special guest today. From Soulmates, or Soulmates? S-O-L-Mates, Shit Out Luck Mates, podcast my best friend in the entire world, the human I've known the longest other than anyone in my family, Jeff Smith. And I'm
2: very excited to be here because we're going to talk about one of the most electrifying and exciting and influential Ooh. acts of the late 80s and early
0: 90s, Vixen. Wow. <laughs> I Good mean, they off. were groundbreaking.
1: Huh?
0: Electrifying is a little bit, uh, a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's an adjective.
0: yes. <laughs> The electrified parts of me. That works. Maybe. I still think heart was like hotter. They, now they I'm were. talking about the dudes in heart, not not the Wilson sisters.
1: <laughs> they had their moments too.
0: <laughs> anyway, we're talking about anthrax. Yeah. Not the disease. The band.
1: Although that will come up at one point, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: Well, you know what's funny is because like I listed a lot of like brutal death and like a lot of the slamming bands and stuff. They literally just fuck I mean, if it if it has a disease name, it's already a band name. And it's like, are these guys the first to do that? I think they may have been.
1: Yeah, very possibly. Fucking
0: Probably, man. Like it's it's definitely a cool name. But we'll get into that more. So guess always starts. Jeff, what is your first exposure to anthrax? Well,
2: um, This is going to be kind of illuminating into the young life of Mr. Jason Smith as well. (laughs) My first exposure to anthrax, when I was a teenager, I was, I'd say in eighth grade. Yeah, I was in eighth grade. There was this house. It was the house. I don't want to name names here, but I I will say one name. This was the hangout house. And this was a hangout house because the people that owned the house, there was a rec room with a pool table. They had air hockey and a hot tub and MTV. And they would also let kids smoke because they were smokers and they had kids and drink. Yeah. I forgot about
0: that part. They, They wouldn't let us drive if we drank too much. Most of us weren't driving anyway. So, and they had to know you. Yes. They wouldn't let just people come over and
2: drink. But this was the house that everybody hung out at. And living at this house was a friend of their kids. He, his family moved and he wanted to finish out school. One of the coolest fucking dudes I've ever met in my entire life. And I think man. Jason will test to this as well. R I D um,
0: Tate Palmer, man. Tate Palmer.
2: So it was, in night, it was in late 87, early 88. Tate Palmer bought I'm the Man. And we all listened to it, thought it was fucking great, thought it was funny. They said the F word a lot. And then spring break of eighty-eight, he lent me that tape. Tate had this weird little crusade with me. I was tangential to this group of kids that hung out at this house. Tell him I was I was getting there. Okay. Now I've known Jason since second grade. And we've been friends. I mean, it's grade school stuff. It, you're not in their class. You really don't hang out. But when we were in classes together, we hung out. And I hung out with all these kids who, you know, in the click parlance back then were the stoners. I hung out with all these kids because my parents were best friends with the people that owned the house. And they would come over and play Pinochle every Friday night. Dude, how's that, man? <laughs> so I was this little nerdy kid. And I'm hanging out with all these people that kind of frankly scared me for the most part. <laughs> I had a couple people that I knew there, but... I was you know, I'm hanging with them, out with, and most of them scared me as well. I'm hanging out with, with dudes that when I saw them walking
0: down the hallway, I would move to the other side. Oh, they're all older than us, too. Yeah, granted, most of them not by much, but they seemed a lot older. Anyway,
2: Tate was on a crusade to metal me up. I listened to a lot of him, a lot of Huey Lewis. I, I fancied myself a brainiac, so you know, of course, you got to listen to classical. And I was just really into just basically whatever pop was on the radio, and I would like dig out some classical tapes every once in a while. So he would play me things like battery. And, and I first heard battery and first heard master puppets because of Tate Palmer. He played me a shit ton of white snake for some reason. He was way oh, yeah. into, he was way into still the night when he saw that I liked, I'm the man. He lent me the tape for spring break.
0: So for seven days I had that tape. It was just the EP, right? I mean, it was like the yeah, it was just, regular it was version. Just EP. And then there was a live version and then there was like an uncensored, version oh, there was uh, there was the radio edit there was the uncensored there was the live
2: version there was a uh, live caught I the Mosh, live i am the law
1: cover and cover of sabbath uh, cover
2: bloody of Sabbath. sabbath bloody Sa- yeah. yeah oh yeah
0: forgot about that one okay
2: now coming into this metal scared me because this was the satanic panic and although my <laughs> parents sure. weren't like into that thing but you know i was inundated with with pop culture all the time so news reports and stuff like that and so metal was scary to me, but rap, I was, I listened to um, LL Cool J. I listened to Cool Modi back in the day, because I knew a kid that was into rap. Rap wasn't scary; it was salacious. They said lots of they said lots of dirty <laughs> words, and you couldn't play it around your parents and stuff. But it wasn't scary. Where metal to me was scary, and so he lends me this tape. And I love I'm the man. I'm like laughing at it. Ha, ha They said the fuck word. Ha. And then um, I hear caught in the mosh and I'm like, and it's the live version. It's way, it's faster than the album version. And it just blows my doors off. And then you get to the end of that and Sabbath, bloody Sabbath hits in and the guitar sound they have on that fucking cover is oh, great.
0: So good. And,
2: dude. and it was black Sabbath. I mean, they, the, The term Sabbath is right in there. It's got to be Devil Music, and it didn't scare me. (laughs) It just fucking rocked me. I love that. Yeah, the name Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. So I give them the tape back, and then I pretty much don't get into metal at all after that. I I'm listening to the same old stuff I listened to before. More rap, DJ Jazzy Jeff. I went run some run DMC, stuff like that. And then it was like 1990 when um, Jason's old guitarist, um, Jeremiah, when Jason's old guitarist, I helped him in algebra. And he's like, Hey dude, give me a blank tape. And I'm like, I don't have a blank tape. Do you got a tape you ha- I can record over. I'm like, sure. And I hand him my 90 minute tape that had, uh, the Batman soundtrack on one side and Samantha Fox's I Want to Have Some Fun on the other. <laughs> and he recorded. He recorded dude. me, Kill Em All. And then I became a metalhead. Nice. Shout out Samantha
1: Fox, by the way.
0: Yeah. I love Samantha Fox, dude. Um, I remember anyway. you had that shit. I was like, What the fuck, dude? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Without someone. I've never
2: been a seeker of music. So without someone kind of being there to point, to guide me, I kind of just go with whatever's in front of me. And back then it was what was ever on the radio. And nowadays, like even now, I don't listen to huge amounts of music. What I listen to is whatever's on
0: the radio at work. But at home, I'm usually listening to podcasts. Yeah, You know, I hear that a lot more of people our age – which I think is weird. I don't know. I, I I, mean, we've talked about it on the show before how not necessarily we don't ever listen to music. But I mean, we listen to less music than we did before when we were younger. I mean, obviously, podcasts weren't a thing then. But man, when I was well, and younger, in my case, I didn't want to hear people talk. Like, what the fuck?
2: And in my case, I can't listen to any of the music I want to listen to at work because I'm in a store. Right. But I really got into, that's where I was introduced to Anthrax. Where I really got into Anthrax, I was into my burgeoning metalheadness, listening to Megadeth, Iron Maiden, Metallica, you know, the, the big guys. And then I got Persistence of Time. And that album just fucking destroyed me. I listened to that again and again and again. Yeah, I and remember. Spoke, I remember it, when you got it. <laughs> oh, it it fucking spoke to me, and at that
0: point, I was an Anthrax fan. Oh, yeah, for sure. I remember because I you talked about like when that when when you, we got that album or whatever, and you talked about that. Like some of us talked about like Master Puppets or or fucking um, probably like you know Rain and Blood or South of Heaven because like you're the only person I've ever met, dude. That, like one, your favorite band's Anthrax, and like. You're probably the big, I mean, you're easily the biggest Anthrax fan I've ever met. <laughs> easily. It's 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 really weird. Like, in fact, I just recently, a, a good friend of ours, we were coming back from something, I can't remember what it was, and we were just kind of fucking talking about it or whatever, the big four, and, and I, it kind of came up, and he was just, like, just really, like, all over Anthrax's shit, man, just, like, you know, saying, like, they never had even close to, like... Big songs like Slayer, Megadeth, or Metallica, and I was trying to explain to him like "Cotton a Mosh" was a big fucking song, you know. I, I, you know, and I'm like, and even, even before that, I mean, fucking dude, "Madhouse" was a really popular song. I mean, as far as MTV goes, you know, "Cotton a Mosh" huge fucking song, dude. "Indians" was all over fucking MTV like all the fucking time when it was out. And then shortly after that dude what you know i mean obviously they had the cover of antisocial but they had you know now it's dark got, got radio time and so did be all end all and then once persistence of time i mean you got you have keep it in the family in my world intro to reality ability belly of the beast plus their cover got the time i mean that was all singles off that album you yeah. know and i was like dude those yeah okay fine they're not master puppets but no one else has anything like Master Puppets. Not that big. It really is Metallica and the other three. But those songs are easily as fucking known. You know, and I mean, Slayer's a whole different fucking thing because I, for all the fucking... It's just the Slayer fans that I know, they're pretty rabid. I mean, I know a lot of people, especially from back then, that don't really... I mean, Slayer's not their favorite out of the four.
1: They're, they're not my favorite. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, either. it's...
0: <laughs> you know, so it's like, well, it's just a matter of, you know, this particular person probably didn't, and he does listen to the show. So, you know, shout out, you know who you are. But I mean, he probably just, it's its a situation of like, I just didn't like something about the band very much. So I never paid attention to it.
2: Well, and there was one point where I was trying to defend my love of it. Well, I wasn't really defending my love of anthrax as much as I was like, just... Like, no, they're fucking the greatest, man. You don't understand. <laughs> and Jer's just fucking destroying me. He's laughing at me, making fun of me, destroying me. Like, they they don't even play fucking good leads, man. And well, yeah. I was getting mad. That? And I was and when I was young, I had a really bad temper. Like, really bad. This is true. Jason knows because I fought <laughs> him multiple times. <laughs> but you, that was the time you looked at me and said, it doesn't have to be the best. For you to like it Mm-hmm. and that kind of stuck with me for a long time well, yeah, I mean, so, i'm talking about it now so yeah uh,
0: <laughs> i mean it's weird because like yeah with all of our particular group of, of friends like first of all we weren't a bunch of thrash heads there was just a short amount like a small amount of us where we were like the thrash guys out of <laughs> like an overall metal group of friends and there were the
2: like the four or five thrash guys that the other four or five thrash guys in town?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I, and that's the thing. It's like, but these guys were definitely seen as as the. Uh, I I've, I think they've always been seen as the lesser of the big
1: four. Yeah, that four of the big four. Yeah, for sure. Yes,
0: because. You know, obviously Metallica's Metallica, Megadeth gets a lot of love from people that love technical stuff, you know, and and just raw talent. And then Slayer has all the evil people—not evil people, but the people that are that were into that sort of thing. They have all that and like the super aggro people. So it's like yeah. Anthrax was kind of, you know, and they were the kind of ones that were they were they were jokey.
1: Yeah, they
0: had a you know big time sense of humor. They wrote about a lot of different things. They didn't have a specific like you know what actually it's weird because i just kind of realized just listening to them this week and i i started listening a few weeks ago again just really diving into some of the stuff man i just really noticed they actually do have a fucking style it's just in all the other songs is where you're gonna find that most of that style a lot of their bigger songs don't have a particular through line of this is what we do
1: hmm interesting well
0: oh sorry oh no having said that d lo this is what i like to hear what's your first exposure to anthrax
1: all righty so i'm gonna paint the scene right here it's 1994 (laughs) i believe (laughs) shit's getting weird eight or nine what's the movie that comes out last action hero fuck jurassic park I'm still angry to <laughs> what uh, I'm, I'm angry because Jurassic Park stole last Action thunder, last action, okay, Heroes okay. Thunder. but in all honesty, <laughs> even if Jurassic <laughs> Park didn't come out, it was probably going to tank, you know, as an adult, I get that now. Right. Right. Anyways, more importantly, the soundtrack, I get that soundtrack that summer and it opens and I've said this a million times. I'm going to say it a million more. Cause I got we <laughs> we still got some bands on the soundtrack to go over. Um, yes. Megadeth, ACDC, Fishbone, Queensryche. And then right in the middle, somewhere, I think it's like track eight, it's Poison My Eyes by Anthrax, which I found Not. out later on was done during the um, Sound of White Noise sessions, which makes a lot of sense with the production.
0: Fuck, I was trying to remember what fucking song it was, but yeah, totally forgot about that jam.
1: Yeah, and it, I, it took me forever to figure out where it actually is in the movie because, you know, not all these songs are in there, but it's, uh, right. it's when they go to the blockbuster and you see Sylvester Stallone's head on the uh, T2 poster. And, it's, it's playing and that's in, probably uh, the
2: only time I would have ever heard it because yeah. I, I never heard that song.
1: Yeah, yeah. I took me forever to hear. I was like, "Oh, there's the beginning where there's no actual lyrics," because the first thing you hear, it sounds like a friggin' monkey being tortured in a lab or (laughs) something. And then I figure out years later, and here's here's where the nerd component comes in because I didn't get this till years later. Um, If you ever watch, you guys watch the old uh, Mickey Mouse cartoons as kids, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so the one where they go to the haunted house and they and they go to take the ghosts out and the they're over the phone going wow it's that done with <laughs> it's it, but it's it's remixed Shoot. by um it's what's his face terminator x from public enemy i'm pretty sure it's him cuz he did another uh song on sound of white noise too
0: and I'm then i think of, i'm trying to listen to it, find it now it's not on spotify i got to hear it cuz i i'm not i yeah. have a hard time placing it
1: so it, here's the thing it is cuz oh, i have to yeah. look for it too it's you got to yeah you have to you have to search for it on uh, under Last Action Hero, not just on Anthra. It, it's weird.
0: Oh, okay. Because yeah, I thought that so. It is on Spotify.
1: It is, but yeah, but you have to search for Last Action Hero and not. Uh, it, it should pop up because it's. It even lists them out on there, but it's. It's you know Spotify semantics. It used to be easier to search. But uh, anyways, yeah, that part scared the hell out of me as a kid because I didn't know what the hell I was listening <laughs> to, and, and kind of like Jeff was saying, all this shit was still really new to me. And, you know, there was an element of scariness. And let, let, before I figured out it was a Mickey Mouse cartoon clip. Um, but then once the song kicks in, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm into this. And then, like, I didn't actually get any albums till, I don't even know, years later. Because, like, it was one of those things. I wasn't actively seeking stuff out either. I was still, I wasn't even 10 yet. Jesus but, Christ,
0: I just listened to this, uh, that chorus. That chorus reminds me of something like Kill Switch Engage or Shadows Fall does.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, that that song's that's catchy pretty as weird fuck. <laughs> yeah holy hell it's catchier than a lot of stuff on Sound i know i've White heard voice. it i've
0: just i i bet i haven't heard that song since that soundtrack came out
1: yeah yeah it it's a bummer because like if you look at all the b-side treatment that all the re-releases have gotten you get all these different covers and b sides and, and whatnot and that may be because of licensing stuff because it was on a soundtrack i don't know it's just like looking down the barrel of a gun off of uh, the Beavis and Butthead experience or whatever right. isn't on anything. Granted, that's a cover.
0: Actually, it's um, on Spotify now.
1: I mean, it is now, but it's not like on any of the... You know how they put the stuff in the back ends of those reissues? Right, right. Yeah, yeah
0: they don't have a actually released anything yeah. new with it. Yeah, Yeah,
1: but... um. So anyways, then here and there, the band just randomly comes into my life. Uh, seeing random music videos... I didn't know about Joey Belladonna till like maybe the late nineties, probably more so the early two thousands, just cause it wasn't a thing at the time. You know, that wasn't what was being put out. So when I finally did hear all that stuff, I was like, okay, I like the John Bush stuff more, but that's cool too. I do like the Joey Belladonna stuff. I just have an affinity for the uh, John Bush stuff more, even though I can unequivocally say the, uh, the Joey Belladonna albums like front to back hold up a lot better than the John Bush ones do. Um, but like hearing what was it Uh, ball of confusion I always want to say wall of confusion but that makes no sense but uh, yeah that <laughs> ball of confusion cover they did where it was Joey Belladonna and John Bush and they were supposed to do a tour like that together um,
0: oh yeah see I've never heard that but I've heard of it I've never heard it though
1: yeah that was my yeah. first exposure to Joey Belladonna oh wow yeah and they were supposed okay. to do a tour like that and then he backed out because yeah 'cause that's what Joey Belladonna does apparently. Um, so ha- have you guys seen Anthrax Live before?
2: I did, and it was um it was a disappointing day for me. Oh no
1: okay. uh,
2: um, I went to see them. It was uh they were coming off of the the Slayer tour. That last Slayer tour. Okay. And it was just them and Death Angel and a bunch of openers, and Jair's, Jason's old band with Jeremiah um, was one of the opening acts, and he said, "Hey, show up early, we enter." So we show up like way fucking early, and I bring my copy of the stand with me. I want to get them to sign it because listening to anthrax i was a kid i collected comic books but anthrax like really reading books again i didn't read a lot in in grade school i didn't read a lot in junior high except comic books and then i heard among the living and i'm like like how to read fucking steven for a kid that couldn't read more than 100 pages at a time you know like, a, like a, uh, a short story was was really chewing on something. So I wanted to bring that and see if they'd sign it. And I'm standing, they never did a meet and greet. I'm standing literally 20 feet from their tour bus door. I'm standing there with this book. And I'm like, I'm a 40 something year old man. I can just go over there and <laughs> knock on the door and say, Hey, can I get one of the guys to sign my copy of the stand? You know, they don't even have to meet me. Just, you know, and I'm, I'm a mature man with fucking grown kids and shit. I can handle a, no, fuck you, buddy. As, as good as any of them, but I fucking bitch out and don't do it.
1: Oh,
2: oh and so, dude. I know. I fucking know. So we go through the, the, we go through the whole concert. They get up there. And Scott's having guitar issues. They play like four fucking songs. Like they play two songs. There's like a 30-minute dead air hiatus. They come out. They play like another two songs. There's like another 15 minutes of dead air. They come out, play one song. And then they're off the stage. And I just looked at my wife and I'm like, let's go. And we left. And she's like, God, you're going to hate yourself if they come back out and rock it. And I'm like, they ain't coming back out. Uh And they didn't. Shitty. They didn't come back out and I'm pretty sure guitar tech lost his job that night. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and it's not on them. They didn't disappoint me, but it was a really disappointing experience. So I didn't walk away going, Oh fuck anthrax. No, I still was like, yeah. Uh, if I get a chance to see him again, I will.
1: Yeah. But, Jason still has that parkway drive show that needs making up for, and it was supposed to happen. Oh Yeah delayed for, amongst everything else. Uh, did you ever hey, see him Jason?
2: I was supposed to take my my 8-year-old son to see Megadeth yesterday.
1: Oh, with the oh, uh, Trivium and Lamb of God and all that? Yeah. It's going to be his first
2: <laughs> it was going to be his first metal concert.
1: Yeah, that'd be a hell of a one. Okay, we just got the 10 minute blah blah blah. Okay, no worries. Go
0: away. Just right. let me know. Yep, yep. Uh,
1: um did you ever
0: see him Jason? No, I've never seen them live. I've never seen Anthrax, Slayer, or Megadeth live. I've only ever seen Metallica twice.
1: No kidding. Okay. Yeah. So the first time I saw them, I just, not just, but I, you know, I was still freshly 18. First time at the House of Blues Anaheim, which is, it's not the same one anymore. There is a House of Blues Anaheim, but it's, it's different. Um, and it was them and Lamb of God opening, which is funny because now, anthrax is open for lamb of god several times since um and i talked to randy outside house of blues about uh, apparently they got searched with like drug sniffing dogs and stuff and randy's like it's not like we're gonna try to assassinate fucking mickey mouse or anything man and (laughs) so first time seeing lamb of god they're still like like as the palaces burn just came out um they were white fucking hot dude like it's awesome and so i was like man how's anthrax going to hold up and this is right when anthrax also put out uh we've come for you all which was kind of the little shot in the arm they needed there and like dude it was amazing i regret not seeing them more around that time because that was electrifying dude they played all the old hits they played a lot of stuff off of we come for you all obviously they closed with um bring the noise it was epic dude they Oh man! And I somehow wound up with the set list in my hand. After I literally looked down and it's just nice. there, and I'm like, "What the hell, man!" And I I, I need to frame it one day, <laughs> but for now, it's sitting preserved in a plastic bag—the same plastic bag it's been in for 17 years. Um, fucking mine. Yeah, I, I I literally have no idea. I also see there was two songs crossed off at the end for time's sake, and one of them was "I'm the Man." So that's that's what they were supposed to close with originally. So that would have been fun. Um. And then I saw them with Joey Belladonna for the first time on the Killthrax tour where they were sandwiched between Havoc and Killswitch. Uh, and it was different. Joey Belladonna's stage presence a lot different from John Bush. He does the little you know, classic showman. He's got the um, – was it Bon Scott that did the mic stand or was it Brian Johnson from ACDC with the half mic stand thing? Or is that I even – I think it was Brian thing? Johnson. Okay. It had to
0: be Brian Johnson, yeah, because – I mean, it's weird because like it, I've I'd seen lots of ACDC stuff, but I've I've never seen Brian Johnson with that before. But I've heard of it.
1: Yeah. The so fir- the
0: only person, the first person I ever saw do it was Joey Belladonna, and then Chuck Billy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Chuck Billy's the one I think more so of. But but uh, yeah. So Joey Belladonna had it, and he was doing the uh, he do, do, gives a little ah! every once in a while, totally unsolicited, not on on the record. <laughs> and and then answer or excuse me, Killswitch came on afterwards, and that's like no context or no contest man like there it's that's a whole different ball game although uh Jesse and Joey or Joey I should say came out to do uh holy diver with Jesse and that was pretty fun so like
2: I could see them rocking that
1: yeah yeah so it was good it was just it's a very different experience and they'll tell you that man like those are two different entities altogether uh Frank Bello was answering some sort of Q&A put on by Brian Slegel, I think some sort of metal round table with a bunch of people and they're going, Hey man, why don't you play this song that was on sound of per- or sound of white noise or um, or stomp four four two. And he's like, Hey man, thanks. We appreciate that you that you like that. But this is those that's a totally different band at this point. And a little part of me died when I heard that. But I understand, you know what I mean? Like it is what it is. Uh,
2: with some of the, with some of the John Bush stuff, I don't think Joey could do it. Um, Like the closest thing they could do is like get Scott on
0: the mic and he couldn't do it quite the same. Right. Well, here's the thing. I think Joey technically, you know, and in key and stuff could absolutely do it. The problem is, is it's not going to sound all that great because it's supposed to have like John's voice suits that style of music that they were playing a lot better than Joey's fucking voice.
1: Yeah. Well, so so that was the thing. John Bush did all the Joey stuff all day. And then that, the second sure. time after he left and then Joey rejoined, he's like, hey, that's cool to hear, man. You know what? I would love to hear him do one of my songs since I did one of his for so many years. And so like that first round of them getting back together, even it might have been, been big four even, uh, he did only for a little bit and it sounded exactly like how you would expect Joey Belladonna to do sounding or, you know, singing only. It, it right. Decent, yeah. but that was, that was kind it of, sound,
0: it. It, it would just be weird. I think, I mean, so my whole, Oh, well, okay. four fifty. Okay. Yeah. So my first in, uh, uh, exposure to anthrax was actually, um, you know, some metal magazine. I don't remember which one, but I saw the full page ad of uh, among the living mm. and, it wasn't necessarily the picture it wasn't any of the blurbs it was that fucking logo dude oh yeah yeah. this was one of a handful of bands that i literally sought out to to i I just had to hear it and the and it was solely because of of the logo it it just i had i was just like i have to hear what this band is like this just looks like the coolest fucking thing ever and i need to hear it and turns out man my buddy fucking Daryl McMullen shout out dude he's up in Seattle kicking ass I mean he fucking he turned me on to not Columbia House but the BMG tape club okay so the Columbia House had the big one where you can like fucking you know it was like 15 16 tapes or some shit for a penny the BMG one was you got like six it was like four to six tapes for a penny And then he was like, yeah. And then you just have your parents write in and say, like, yeah, my fucking kid isn't old enough, man. Like, you can't even fucking sue him. Fuck off. And it was like, okay, cool. So I did it after that. But one of the albums he had from this was Anthrax Among the Living. And I borrowed it, dubbed it, and I fucking, you know, we'll get into, like, this album quite a bit just because, like, I mean, you know, it's going to there's going to be stuff off my list. But right from the get, dude. And, I mean, I'd heard Metallica. I think I'd heard Megadeth by this time. I don't know if I'd heard Slayer by yet, by now, but to me, it was really cool that it was like, it was similar enough to, to Metallica and what Metallica and Megadeth were doing. I don't know if I even cared or thought if, I don't even know if it crossed my mind that it was, if it was heavy or not, but I really liked that it was kind of in between Megadeth and Metallica where like Metallica's vocals were a little bit rougher and Mustaine's vocals I can't stand them so when fucking Joey Belladonna is singing it's like okay well he's the Dave Mustaine style but he sounds really good he can sing yeah well and granted Dave Mustaine sort of whines at you yeah, yeah and I mean I'm at the time i grew up listening to journey and shit and i i mean even back then i thought god damn this dude sounds like steve perry you know and i mean there are some songs that will come up i'm gonna fucking hit you with a couple of them like when they come up dude like i swear to god it's it's i have a hard time thinking of them being anthrax songs and i think of them being just like the heaviest journey song you've ever heard in your life
1: (laughs) yeah for sure for sure you know this (laughs) is what journey
0: would sound like if they did metal you know like and if they were funny So, we
1: talk about did you check out that journey (laughs) cover that Anthrax did for keep on running? No, yeah, it's on the Anthems EP, I think, where it's all covers and stuff. It literally sounds like the same song, except there's like like a little double bass in the bridge, and that's it.
0: Okay, yes, you keep on running. Okay, Mm -hmm. they don't, yeah, I was kind of, I was like, man, like I was looking at that album. I mean, obviously, TNT smoking. You know jailbreak it's like okay i know who does those but big eyes keep on running anthem like it was just like so all all these covers or but i yeah. noticed that crawl was actually uh that was kind of the single for the for the ep or whatever yeah. it may be
1: yeah uh but yeah like i mean i get hit with that about a minute, a minute so thing. yeah
0: yeah yeah so real quick how long did you say it takes about 10 minutes
1: give or take you want it so you grab cool. a quick smoke
0: so we could do smoke break, water yeah, yeah. break, cool. all that shit, and then Knock we'll on. get back into. Yep, we'll yep. I'll oh, another link.
1: Yeah, I'll drop you a link back as on soon as it's ready. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool all right. down. See you guys in a sec.
0: Yep. All right. So that was that was my big thing. Like when I heard it was Belladonna sounding like Steve Perry, at mm-hmm. least for the most part. I guess even for me, you know, once I heard Slayer, you know, I mean Metallica was always Metallica, but once I heard Slayer, you know, yeah, even for me, Anthrax kind of took a a bit of a back seat and then honestly like i mean i'll just go go right to this like they where they really kind of like i really stepped back and they really kind of lost me was you know when john bush became their singer and solely because i listened to armored saint like a lot granted I, i think i only ever heard two albums but i listened to those two albums like a lot of times and i just i just could not the music changed and then the vocals changed had the music stayed the same i feel like i could have put together like okay john bush is singing for anthrax but because the music changed too it really just i just could not get it out of my head that this is fucking armored saint
1: i could see that i only just found out this morning that uh the guy that produced the sound of white noise also produced whatever the previous Armored Saint w- album was before that too. So, oh, I mean, he has a pretty
0: unique voice too. Like you can kind of always tell it's John Bush. Oh yeah. See, and I always thought that change was because of the uh, be-
2: because of the change of time. I mean, this was post grunge. Well, yeah that
0: that was and a every big part every of it. thrash band changed at that point. Right. Yeah, and the only one, see that's another thing. The only one I really actually the only one I really kind of stayed up with was Slayer. You know, Saying I Seeing to me the
2: chick Oh,
0: sorry. By by this time, you know, I'm like, I'm pretty much done with Metallica, been done with Megadeth for a while. You know, and I'm trying to think ninety-four was fucking divine intervention. So so I mean, at the time when this came out, I mean Slayer was still Dave Lombardo Slayer. And and to me anyway, and, and so I hadn't quite heard Paul Bostaff Slayer and granted it didn't change a whole hell of a lot, but, but when they changed too, it was just like, it was, it wasn't necessarily like, Oh man, another one bites the dust, but, but it was, you know, Oh, they changed too. And then to have John Bush singing, it was just really difficult to get that out of my head. I
2: remember when I bought sound of white noise, uh, you were with me at the time.
0: Yeah. I remember you telling me like, okay, I do like I really did like only when it first when like when it first came out and I heard it, I thought it was a really cool song. Again, it just sounded like fucking armored saint. I remember you telling me, you know, no, you gotta listen to Black Lodge, dude. You gotta listen to Black Lodge. Yeah, I mean I I do like I I enjoy Black Lodge quite a bit as well.
2: Yeah, I really um God, I I love I love the John Bush era. I really I really like Joey Belladonna. I love the John the Joy Belladonna stuff i want to come right out and say it i really like the new joey belladonna stuff the, oh the, yeah oh this new stuff is is really just kind of butter in my bread
0: yeah that's really but cool
2: i'd forged a kind of a weird connection to anthrax in high school i had a fanzine like a poster fanzine it was just an anthrax fanzine and it was one of those poster ones where they had a lot, of, a lot of posters you could put up on your wall and stuff. And one of the, one of the posters was uh, Scott Ian and his comic book collection. Now, my senior picture in the yearbook was ripped off from that picture. Awesome. <laughs> when, I, when I was mascot <laughs> in, in high school, <laughs> we were the Rigby Trojans. And they didn't have a Trojan head for the outfit. So I had the leather breastplate over a tunic and the leather frilly belt over the, uh, over the tunic skirt. And I wore Adidas sneakers and a New York Yankees baseball cap. Yep. And when we would score a touchdown, I would do the Scott Ian stomp
1: nice. the around stomp. the cheerleaders. Because
2: yeah. <laughs> awesome. he was the coolest motherfucker I'd ever seen. And part of it was because I was such a big comic nerd. And here was this metal dude that was as big of a comic nerd as me. He wasn't like Dave Mustaine and, and James and, and Tom Morello or Carrie King, who, they were all fucking serious. Yeah. Here's this dude that is like, I fucking like comics. And my favorite band is public enemy.
1: That's one thing I related to a lot about that group of dudes is they weren't afraid to be eclectic. They weren't afraid to add new things to the mix. They weren't afraid to not take themselves too seriously. Scott Ian in particular, who for all intents and purposes is kind of the face of Anthrax, you know, him and Charlie. I dare
2: say possibly more recognizable than most other uh, musicians from the big four. Oh, absolutely. Because he's done so much TV. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Now. Yeah. I mean, Metallica's Metallica, but, but I mean, he also, like he, he really became a champion of metal,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, and and nerd
1: culture in general, dude. Yeah. And
0: would, would champion metal all the time. And, and so he brought nerds to metal and brought metal to nerds and really, really like, I mean, he really fucking opened up a lot to a lot of people.
1: Absolutely, dude. He's got a book. He was on every goddamn VH1 show for a hot minute. <laughs> uh, maybe he still is. I don't watch VH1 anymore. He being a big comic guy, he wrote a volume of was it Lobo or the Demon? He wrote well, either Lobo. Lobo or the Demon, and I and I haven't read it, but I meant to one day because it's Scott Ian writing a comic, so I'm obviously into that. Does tons of collaborations on like sketches and stuff with Brian Posehn. He just Brian Posehn just put out that Grandpa Metal album. Um, and he's part of it. I think Joey Vera is too. Like dude gets out there. He was the one up front doing all the press. He he is a figure ahead, man. And he's recognizable because he's got whatever beard. You see, he's had some beard consistency now, but like for a while it was like, okay, what, what's his gear beard going to be next? It's the beard guy, you know? Oh
2: well, yeah. And they, they've been pop culture is inextricable from anthrax. I mean, how, look at how many of their songs are based on other things.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Dude, I read the stand because of Anthrax. I also bought a fuck. Are you there? Jason?
1: You uh you there, bud? I can't hear him. Me neither. It just kinda like faded out, right? <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. Just saw, he just uh, He just tin canned out. Yeah. You know what I might do is I might just end this session so we can start fresh and hopefully he'll say whatever okay yeah um all righty where where do we want to try to rekindle that fire (laughs) Jeez. you want to do a quick blurb on the stand real quick jason because i'm pretty sure that's where it left off or or i'm trying to think
0: well there was there was that you know the the pop culture thing was you know they i think they were bigger than some people give credit for i think a lot of it was because some of those other bands were so big that it is kind of easier to get buried.
1: Yeah. It kind of dwarfs um, their success. I I could see that.
0: And we got into a little bit like why Testament isn't considered a big five. And it's just, I think it's just because they came a little bit later Right. where I think the big four isn't necessarily the biggest bands or the, the best bands. I think it's just the bands that started it. And there's usually like four bands. I mean, you could easily say there's a probably a big five of death metal, but I mean to me there's like a a big four of death metal. There's probably like a big four of grunge.
1: Oh, there's definitely um, a big four of grunge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's almost only
0: four. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I think a uh, um, a lot of people forget like they were the fun guys on Headbangers Ball. They were always on Headbangers Ball. They had the you mentioned the thing where it's like you know basically win the contest and Anthrax comes over and fucks up your house and mm-hmm. they were all yeah, it
1: buried with children too man
0: yeah yeah i love the, that. Fun fo- the fun photo shoots and stuff you know the vision streetwear uh which was huge at the time
2: well they were accessible and they were relatable
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that was a big part of it and it's like um the music essay as chuck klosterman once talked about kiss he said well every other band was trying to be the beatles kiss wanted to be coca-cola
1: Hmm, that's an interesting way to put that but i i get that yeah
2: and that's kind of where Anthrax fit in the thrash realm. Everybody else wanted to be serious, tough, yeah. sinister, the best. And Hattiest. Anthrax was like, "Dude, we just did a song about a comic book."
1: Yeah. <laughs> Check out. These yeah, dudes
2: they had then. a little bit of Iron Stephen Maiden King in lately? them in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Huh? And they're
0: like, they're like, dude, have you read Stephen King lately? Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. they were.
1: Here's our reading list in in track form. I, bet well, I think
0: that. in that regard, they had a little bit of Iron Maiden in them, you know, where they, a, a lot of story songs. Yeah. Or, you know, like story influenced type type songs and stuff. But we also yeah. got into how, you know, Slayer had like the, the, the really aggro dudes, you know, and they were by far the most aggressive out of all of them. And then Metallica, you know, well, Megadeth had like the, you know, like I like the really talented stuff and they were a little more political uh driven than some of the others and then you know like metallica had like the you know they didn't really have everybody i mean but as far as like the people that like you know the thrash stuff they had like kind of those people that really liked the polished sound the serious people the the people that really took music seriously and 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 the sound seriously like they sounded really good they had the great you know they had the talent they had the aggression they were kind of like just this perfect mix of Of all of them and then anthrax had like almost like the everyman like it was it was they had the nerds they had the book readers they had the 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 skaters you know because that's a big thing thrash you know skate thrash and all that stuff like that like they definitely out of the big four had most of that obviously suicidal tendencies came along and grabbed up you know grabbed everybody out of that but
1: right yeah like there was something a little more for everybody else that maybe, I don't know about felt left out, but, you know, could grab a little more on to, so to speak.
0: Well, they had a little more hardcore, you know, all all of them had a little bit of hardcore and a little bit of like the punk style and stuff like that. Like, you know, Slayer had the really aggressive punk, you know, and and Metallica had some really cool breakdowns and, you know, Megadeth probably the least hardcore out of all of them. Yes. But then, you know, and then Anthrax was like the most hardcore out of all of them. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, and it's, it's a difference between that LA punk and that New York hardcore scene.
1: There yeah, was a definite
2: sure. sound difference, yeah. and you see that in this in the thrash bands themselves.
1: Most definitely, like I, you know, because I'm big on tracing the musical roots, and the Anthrax seemed to have a little more in the melting pot than everybody else. Maybe next to Metallica. Metallica, you know, had a lot to offer too, but like. None of those other guys were incorporating the hip-hop stuff that was going on in New York in the 80s, period, (laughs) let alone like Anthrax was. Well, it blew my mind when I
2: found out that Slayer was an Iron Maiden cover band.
1: Yeah, yeah, I heard about, yeah. And they got the pictures where they're all in the shitty makeup and whatnot. They talk about playing their high school quad, playing, yeah, Maiden and um, Judas Priest covers.
0: Judas Priest, dude, like that was their their big influence. Their biggest influence for Carrie and Jeff was, as far as carrie and jeff together yeah was judas priest and then you know you just so happen to have carrie liked all this occult shit jeff you know liked a lot of punk shit so it really worked out for those guys as well i i i believe in the in the segment that got lost i i mentioned the uh you know metallica going out to new york city and and basically rooming with anthrax i mean they were crashing over there which i mean talk Mm -hmm. about hardcore style like because i believe they at the time they were both on megaforce
1: yeah with uh Johnny anthrax was was trying to get signed.
0: they were trying to yes, get signed anthrax wasn't signed yet right right and then you know scott talks about how he played with a fucking band enough and you're seeing what they're doing you're like fuck like i really like that i want to try something like that and you know eventually slayer went out east because these guys were the first thrash band out of the east coast uh, maybe overkill. I don't think overkill had quite started, but they're like one of the other big ones from the East Coast. Them and uh, Nuclear Nuclear Assault. So it was it was a matter of, you know, I I think I said like this is how genres start. It's it's you get a bunch of bands that are kind of on the cusp of something new or trying to do something new, and you see you know these bands play together, and they start kind of infusing. It's like they start melding with each other. They they do the Vulcan mind meld, dude. Like. You know, and that's what Scott talked about. You know, him sitting there talking with James, and they're talking about, you know, James telling him, like, "Well, this is what I might want Metallica to be," and, and Scott saying, "Well, this is what I want Anthrax to be." And just so happens that they both wanted to kind of go in the same direction. And he said it was really cool to hear him say, like, it just really clicked. Like this, this friendship and this bond happened really fast because they weren't out there like for for long. It was, I believe, it was just like a month or two, and it happened very very quickly, and. Metallica was at just at a different stage than Anthrax was at the time, so you know they kind of hit their stride a little bit quicker. And then once Anthrax hit their stride, it was just like it, it's like spreading the disease. Still has a lot of hair metal, you know, but it's it's really heavy thrashy hair metal almost. And then it was right into Among the Living, where it's like okay, that now like that's the fucking thrash album. Yeah, pinnacle. Thing. Well, I that's the,
2: step, the fistful of metal is like is. That sort of like brutal, fast shit. And then they do spreading the disease. I think it, what it is, is, I think a lot of it's
0: that Joey Belladonna influence. It's Belladonna, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and Looker was still there for Fistful of Metal, I think, wasn't he? He was, yeah. was there for the, The ep before that or something like that like his influence was still in the band
1: yeah he is on fistful of metal but he also has some writing credits for stuff on among the living and spreading the disease right
0: right yeah they still use some of his stuff and 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 that's the other thing too like because nuclear assault's another one they were more of that that we're gonna try and be we're gonna stay in the heavier less catchy range um and i think we said on the other part too that was um uh, exodus was one of those two where they just they didn't go for the fully catchy stuff and they went for the more heavier, heavier type stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess the vocals aside, because death metal wasn't a thing yet, but, but the thing is like, they, they basically like once they hit, I think it was, um, Oh, sorry. State of state of euphoria. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay. You know, that's when they had the, the, you know, the huge fucking cover, you know, that really like elevated them to put them more in the spotlight. And it's crazy to me that fucking (laughs) the cover is a fucking is it joe jackson or john jackson joe jackson joe jackson yeah he i mean he had some big hits but but got the time was not really one of them yeah you know and jeff said before that it was a pretty spot-on fucking cover and it is it's there's not much different with it except they just kind of anthraxed it up Mm -hmm. you know and it's a um, little bit it's not even really much faster it's yeah, it's got no. an
2: edge to it. Yeah, yeah.
0: you know, and then and then yeah. you got fucking basically like by the time Persistence comes out, I mean that's their Rest in Peace. That's their mm-hmm. And Justice for All. That's their seasons in the Abyss, where it kind of culminates into this, this almost like masterpiece. Even though you know Persistence isn't my favorite album of theirs, but I do like the album. It's but there was at the time now you listen on spotify it kind of sucks it's the only one that's not remastered but
1: oh is um, it not i didn't notice no
0: that. it's you listen to that in a mix dude and all those songs are like you'll have to turn your volume up quite a bit but at the time man like the sound on that album was really fucking good dude like oh yeah Stay and and, it, and, it's, and to to that
2: point it was by far their darkest album mm-hmm.
0: yes that's they got into some uh oh was it one man stands one man stands um, that's you'll keep it in the family it was like not only just a heavy fucking riff dude but i mean they're talking racism yeah yeah. hatred's
1: Hatred's about racism god hatred
2: hatred could be about fucking scott and joey Uh, if you really want to read into it because they were like not they were not
0: in a good place yeah yeah that's true they were they were having their issues and you know, and then, like I say, keep it in the family to the point where it's like, spoiler man, if you haven't heard that fucking song, I mean, he does drop an N word in there, but a lot of it, the context of it, he, 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 you know, a lot of people in the, N- oh, the K word. He drops the K word for, for the Jewish uh, slur. And, and it's perfect context, so don't take it the wrong way. I'm just letting people know, like, if you haven't heard the song and you're going to listen to this heavy ass riff, dude, like, you're going to hear that fucking in there. And that's just how that song, it's just a really heavy song from, from musics all the way to the fucking lyrics in it. It's just a really heavy fucking song. And they're straight up calling out fucking any racist, yeah. you know, and I fucking always loved them for that. Like, you know, because that's the thing, like oh, you know, Megadeth was the most political out of it. Sure. But all fucking four of these bands, like had a lot of political stuff in their in their mm-hmm. stuff. It's kind of what thrash was, was, yeah, megadeth was
2: less uh, the only real political stuff early on was mostly um, P- cells P- but it was more social political
0: yeah well yeah
2: um their pmrc's a hook and mouth was yeah, political because yes, they actually went after a, a specific place where anthrax had been pretty political throughout
0: yeah well yeah socio-political um, but I mean also, you know, Megadeth, you know, rest in peace or sorry, yeah, rest in peace and fucking holy wars, you know, by that time. But I would say probably Metallic. I mean disposable heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, they spoke out about about you know military stuff. And you know, I think probably the least was Slayer. I mean, the, the most they would get into that is like, you know, war stuff, you know, like and um, it, was and it was more a till, statement
1: of fact than like a statement. Yeah, it was more it was well, more okay.
0: later on. Yeah. Well, live and dead,
2: you know, the uh, the zombie awareness. Because, oh,
0: oh, that's true. That's true. I forget about you
2: that. You know, they're they're a disenfranchised group.
0: But yeah, it was. I I really loved that behind the did, music and seeing. How, did you mention to people
2: that I was from a comedy podcast?
0: Is it is that what is considered a comedy? Yeah, a comedy I podcast? yeah, it's a comedy. I wasn't podcast. sure what what category it was.
1: That's like was, me and Spencer's dude, old podcast. <laughs> when would you when you yeah. have to
0: pick a category, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess just music. I, I don't uh, know. I wouldn't. But yeah, we like, like um, to laugh. <laughs> I know i have listened to your podcast. On.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh man,
0: um, I've only listened to a handful. So, real quick, now that we're on the subject, is it yeah. soulmates or do you call it soulmates?
2: It's soulmates.
0: Okay. It's S O L stands for
2: Satellite of Love because that's the big spaceship that they're trapped on.
0: I almost I almost thought it was almost like married with children, just the whole shit out of luck mates.
2: It is the most confusing name for a podcast that we could have come up with, and it seemed like a great idea at the
0: time. Yeah, sometimes that's how it goes.
1: Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta love SEO friendly. Ours is whatnot.
0: about as plain Jane as you can get. <laughs>
1: yep. oh,
0: wait till
2: wait till we get to the end where I do my my little plug, and you hear our uh, all of our internet handles. Oh, nice. Right. Because nice. it
0: just—it
2: really tells you who we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I lucked out when I figured out, yes, it is I, David. Even though everybody calls me friggin' yes, this David, or yes, it's David, or yeti David in some instances. Only one person's got it right, but whatever. That's all I got for having so many characters in it. I've uh, had a
2: hard time not referring to you all week long, talking to my wife as... David Lo Lopez.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe I, if that wasn't such a obviously taken name, I would have tried to make that a thing instead of however many characters that sometimes it doesn't work. Ugh. I mean, <laughs> anyways, um, before we move on to the list, is there anything anybody else wants to cover? I want to mention... Um
2: and i know it's been brought up in every single anthrax thing ever done but how these guys they didn't create new metal no but one hell- ever says that they created new metal yeah. but they laid the fucking foundation for new metal
1: most definitely yeah
2: and part of what not only just the rap connection but that huge rhythm section mhm yeah connection i mean they apart from all the all the other big four the drummer is always the backbone of any band hmm but with these guys Benante, Ian on rhythm guitar and Bello on bass the rest of it's almost extraneous
0: yeah I could feel that yes yeah but uh, tom work you li- you listen to that and then you listen to, to Silvera from corn
1: mm-hmm yeah. you no know,
0: it's like uh, yeah <laughs> for sure
1: you know it's funny you are talking about that and, I'm, and everybody talks about the next evolution or evolution would have been faith no more because that's what Korn cited as their biggest influence and i'm like has mike Patton ever collaborated with any of the anthrax guys and then i remember that scott ian's a full-on member of mr bungle now
0: yeah and they did
1: the <laughs> they did the thing on youtube with charlie and all that so i was like well if they didn't before they they're making up for lost time. Certainly so. do that. Yeah. yeah,
0: that was that was something that was lost too. Like I just wanted to say, if you haven't checked it out, dude, Charlie Benante's YouTube channel. He is currently winning the quarantine mm-hmm. by a mile. Yeah, the collaborations the dudes doing are just f- fucking outstanding. I also would like to say, "Sound of White Noise" came out in '93, so that's right around the time that you know we're talking like Pantera switched from hair metal to whatever the fuck I mean I, I think I, they've technically it classified I mean, as new metal yeah, yeah I mean but you know anthrax had taken you know uh, pantera you know not every song has to have a fucking solo in it you know and sound of white noise they didn't have danny spitz right sound of they white did. noise He's,
1: they still did it was, it was oh, yeah okay
0: but yeah I mean there's not a lot of solos in that album there's more songs in there without solos than any of their other albums and if you listen to the album it is kind of right on par with that new style that Pantera was bringing forward. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's one thing. Like, that's why I said, like when it changed and you know, by that time, fucking Metallica's completely changed. Megadeth has completely changed Slayer for the most part, still the same, but hadn't put, you know, hadn't really changed the drummers. So with that change and with the change of singer, that's where, and I don't know if I said in the first one or not, but that's where I really, they kind of lost me because I was such a huge, not huge, but I mean, I was a fan of Armored Saint. Like, I listened to Armored Saint a lot, and it was really hard for me to get over the fact that. It didn't sound like Anthrax anymore. Not just It didn't sound like Anthrax with John Bush singing. It sounded like a completely different band.
1: Yeah, for sure. On the, on the flip side of that, that always was Anthrax to me as, when I first got into it as a kid because that's what I came into. So when I heard the Thrash stuff, I was that, it, same deal. Yeah, it was a completely different band to me. I was like, oh, this is what all those guys talk about. Okay, I see. And, see, uh, and
2: back in the day, I remember sitting in Jerry's bedroom with you and you talking about uh, Armored Saint. And I'm like, I hadn't I'd never heard him. I still I don't think I've ever heard Armored Saint. And you call it him um, the Anthrax cover band. Mm. <laughs> I
0: can see and that. And then yeah, you I'll also
2: the- you also called Testament the Metallica cover band.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, true. What a lot of and Jetsam Yeah.
1: So so uh, speaking back to that. I, I, so, I have a couple quick lightning round things I want to throw out, one of which being everybody's favorite singer. Mine's obviously Bush. I would have to, I would, if I was to assume, I would have to think you guys are Belladonna guys. If you
2: had to For choose, Anthrax? Yeah. Oh, I'm a Bush guy.
1: Oh, really? Hey, yeah! Oh, fucking
0: love John
1: Bush. Oh, I oh, went on my side. I like it. <laughs> fucking
0: greater <laughs> yeah, of two evils, man. I'm definitely for Anthrax, Belladonna, but that's just, you know, it's how they know you. You yeah know? yeah and um just refer to me as white devil white devil yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> what, what how they know it? you that's Watch that's I how i know it? anthrax yeah you know, um, and, and it's
1: statistically speaking somebody's got to be a uh, somebody's got to be a neil Turbin fan out there oh no.
0: and um yeah there's there's a, a stat that's called zero
1: <laughs> yeah yeah his mom <laughs> um Bill Turbin's like I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) he's (laughs) kind of iffy. Yeah, well, so okay. uh, Before I move on to something else, I just remember after this. Yeah, with the Death Riders, him and Paul Diano playing shows together. Um, (laughs) We were first, but uh, so so it was funny to me because you know a, a bunch of people of my age are bush guys because that's who was in the band so my buddy chris who was 18 when i first started talking to him he's he's like 22 now he's a he's a young 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 guy he says his favorite guy is joey belladonna because he was who was in the band by the time he got into him so like you know what i mean so it's like it's this weird full circle thing that i thought was kind of interesting but the other white elephant in the room that i completely forgot about till just now is dan nelson who, like, kind of was there, did a tour with them, was supposed to record what became Worship Music, and then just – The
2: Anthony uh, Scaramucci of the metal world?
1: Yeah, 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 right? Like, eesh. I only ever heard rumors about how he sounded, like, as a comb- as a halfway between Belladonna and Bush. I haven't ever watched any video footage or anything. I just – more than any – I don't know that there's a question attached to this. I just want to make an acknowledgement and just, you know, because I just remembered that was a thing now um that kind of came and went once you know belladonna was back but well, that's an interesting time uh so maybe this is the same answer for both questions so i'll love them out at the same time is favorite lineup and favorite album
0: mm. i mean that's my favorite lineup is still spitz it's it's the stuff with spitz i mean i like the i i mean i'm still going off of like what the stuff is you know but my favorite album easily is among the living
1: Right. So that's a good, my story. favorite.
0: Oh, my favorite lineup
2: is going to have to be the current one.
1: Okay. I can dig that for <sighs> sure. Yeah, see, um, I like that one
0: too, but,
2: uh... but my favorite album is sound away noise.
1: Right on. I can dig that. So for me, it's my favorite lineup is we've come for you all with Rob Kajiano on guitar. Cause I, for all we said about like the kind of whatever about lead guitar work, I like what he did. And plus that was the first one I saw album's interesting because forever and ever and ever i was like i really like the vibe on volume eight because they were kind of between worlds at that time but now i'm listening i listened to stomp 442 the other day and i feel like that's really like both of these are like the forgotten albums because they had label trouble and whatnot it took forever that for them to even be on streaming and i was just like man there's some stuff i really like on there too so i don't know that i have one right now it's it's a weird limbo that i haven't found myself in for a long time it's just kind of this, here's my area, more than an actual album. It's so, up, 90s, we'll call it. Um, I'm trying to think, man. I thought I had more, but I, I think that might be it. Do we want to get into honorable mentions?
2: Can, can I do a small confession first? Oh, yes, please. Yeah, I haven't heard most of John Bush's catalog.
1: As much as I love it, I think you can cherry pick songs, is the conclusion I've come to. I yeah? listened to
2: volume eight for the first time last night.
1: Yeah, I I uh I remember liking it a lot more back in the day. You know what I mean? I've never like, heard it.
2: I didn't listen to I, it this week. Yeah. <laughs> I owned I owned uh Sound of White Noise and Stump 442, and then I moved on to other things.
1: Yeah, no, that that makes sense. That's fair. I think, and I I think picked the world up, did
2: I picked up worship music and for all kings because I wanted to catch up before the concert.
1: Right. I, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it was a wacky few years there. Oh, speaking in which, so following the wake of September 11th, there was all the stuff with the envelopes of anthrax getting passed around to people or whatever. And yeah. so there was jokes about them, or the, people thought it was serious at the time, talks about anthrax changing their name. So they were talking about they were going to change it to basket full of puppies. And I love that their, <laughs> their first show back in September of 2001, they all came out in in big white boiler suits. Each one said, "For each member, it's we're not changing our name."
0: Yep, it was awesome. Yeah, and it's on it the inlay
1: awesome. of uh, it's on the inlay of we come for you all. Awesome. Um, on that note, Jeff, you want to start with your honorable mentions?
2: Okay, I've got an honorable mentions list as long as my freaking arm. <laughs> um, nice. So I'm going to do some quickies here. Just a quick shout out all the old hits gonna blaze past them among the living madhouse indians cotton amash i am the law only and a social belly of the beast in my world i'm the man that's the stuff that was had a lot of radio play that's the stuff that had a lot of video play they're there because they're fucking awesome but they're in my honorable mentions and they didn't make my list because i love them but i went with things that really like get to me
1: yeah for sure so
2: on my honorable mentions list besides those Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. I know you don't do covers on your on your regular list, but in the honorable mentions, I had to do that one because that one, just the Great fucking cover. guitar sound they get on that mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, Potter's Field. I I can't think of many better first track songs.
1: Mm-hmm. With that intro, with just, the weird
2: radio thing, yeah, or whatever. Once that, is, that yeah. static breaks and that just fucking blast beat starting up a posse.
0: I know it's a gimmick song. Dude, I totally forget. I was just I was just looking for that album on Spotify. I had to scroll all the way to the fucking bottom. I totally forgot that they, about the about uh, the the Killer Bees album. Dude, yeah, that yeah. that that jam's pretty fucking great. My co-host
2: is a an English professor. Uses that to teach um rhetoric and propaganda.
1: Nice. Yeah. I love stuff like that. <laughs> that's hard um
2: (laughs) that's pretty great yeah high pro glow that thing is is just catchy as all fuck be all end all i love that cello at the beginning yeah and the just the just that grind yeah
1: yeah.
0: how
2: it kicks in and just stomps through also little side note lost my virginity to that song
1: very nice It's got a good song structure for such a thing, really, if you think about it. Wow. Oh, builds and whatnot. <laughs> Fucking hell.
2: Blood off of Persistence of Time, yeah. a very much overlooked song. Mm-hmm. That song is powerful in so many ways. And I'm not a musician. I've never picked up an instrument. I've never learned an instrument. Um, so all of my musical experience has been – music is not one of those things that you – you can intellectualize music, but intellectualizing music is like intellectualizing um, how you feel about your wife.
1: <laughs> <Looking> <laughs> I mean,
2: music is an emotional, it's an emotional thing. You feel music. You don't mm-hmm. think music, you feel it. Right. And that song hits me where I feel um, the giant off of um, worship music. It was honestly a standout in a fairly lackluster album in my opinion Mm -hmm. and then on the heels of that my last honorable mention for all kings the whole fucking album wow i don't know it's not i i wouldn't put it as my favorite album yet but i could see it
0: years down the road being my favorite album.
1: oh yeah no those are kind of the best ones I can feel that.
0: I I feel you on the things, like man. Like, do breathing lightning on that album is just like, fuck oh, man. it's outstanding. <laughs> you know.
2: I cut out half my list of vulnerable mentions.
1: Oh, we do that all the time. Oh yeah. yeah, we've
0: been there. Oh Jesus!
1: In fact, I had to whittle mine down pretty good too. I guess on that note, Jason, what are yours?
0: Uh, mine'll be pretty fast. I mean, keep it in the family didn't make it on my list, even though like, actually. I don't know if that was in the part that was lost or the part that we just did so anyway oddly enough dude <laughs> only you know i just really liked because i mean i liked the style that they were going for anyway so like mm-hmm. then um indians for a long time was my favorite solely because the war dance part but
1: yeah yeah but
0: i mean uh, sadly it fell off when i really started thinking like favorites like real favorites you know and then you know cotton mosh you know was another one where it was just, like yeah it was probably never my favorite i for a long time i didn't like the blast part on it and then it took me a little while to get blasts um even with slayer it, it took me a minute one of the bigger ones on here that used to be a, a big time favorite of mine that really kind of dropped off uh after a while not far off but um now it's dark you know i oh yeah You know, and me just being a punk ass kid me being me you know, don't you fucking look at me now it's dark you're gonna see like it was really fucking cool. It's got a sick fucking mosh part in it, man. Like... And Joey's just... Like, it's sick as fuck, dude. I don't know... I mean, I do know why it fucking broke into my fucking list. It's because I was totally forgetting about a fucking song. And we'll get to that when we get in the list. I'll let you know which one that was. So, sweet. Uh, what about you, d
1: so I also had to whittle stuff down. And in addition to the stuff that I w- had to whittle down, I can't believe it took me forever to realize that I forgot about I'm the man and bring the noise. So God damn, man. Ah, pain. Anyways, so <laughs> honorable, honorable mention to um, what is it? Fight until you can't fight no more or whatever off of worship music. And Oh, um, you mean
2: uh, gridlock?
1: I can't remember which one of it is. It was one of the singles. Cause it's the
2: same fucking riff.
0: Sounds oh, is it? exactly okay. the same dude. Yeah. It's the I, same I, fucking riff. I'm
1: I've, I've <laughs> going through a lot of these. I was like, man, a lot of these sound the same, <laughs> you know, like when they, on certain albums, they were just like, okay, let's do that. But a little different, but ah, damn dude, there was one other that I'm just like, I can't believe I'm leaving this off. Well, must've not been that great. So, so my honor, my real honorable mentions are as follows in my world off of persistence of time. It would have been... No, that is my favorite Joey song, actually. Okay, so I I had it in reverse order, but that's my favorite Joey song. And they do a cool rendition on the Japanese version of uh, The Greater of Two Evils." which, shout out, Greater of Two Evils," That was a cool idea. Um, And it was cool seeing him play it on Buried with Children. That was the first time I actually heard it. Uh, Al Bundy strumming the guitar that's stuck in the wall. At the end. <laughs> so I, I goofed. My other favorite is um the devil you know off of worship music. That's just a catchy ass song, dude. That's that's a rocker, as I'm sure judy's Priest would have said in some sort of interpretation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Yeah, I
0: don't mind that one either.
1: it, it boogies, man. I don't know how else to phrase it. Like part of it me boogies. on that records, yeah. Part of me on that record still just like, man, I wonder how that would have sounded with John Bush singing it. But at the time it's it's solid as hell, so fuck it, dude. So we got a little more than three minutes. We want to try to get one or as much as we can in the list. Starting with you, Jeff on your number five.
2: Well, I got some stuff to say. We might want to (laughs) start and do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I got, I could redo it right now if that works and everybody could take a quick bathroom and smoke break and whatnot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Perfect. How does it feel to have an old fucker like me on your podcast and still to be the oldest fucker on your podcast?
0: (laughs) fuck you dude just kidding dude the oldest dude we've had on our podcast is my buddy brett ah episode haven't heard that one
1: can you hear me now absolutely sorry i was talking and i was like why can't they hear me and then all of a sudden i noticed my interface must have timed out or something (laughs) i'm right here guys yeah i literally said i'm right here you're like the
0: fucking chick in the in the fucking horror movie that's like yeah the fucking she's trapped in with the killer and she's like banging on something yeah or you're like door. chunk. you're like chunk stuck in the fucking ice cream fucking freezer and you're yelling at the rest of the goonies but they can't fucking hear you
1: we dumped. So we long. dumped
0: out one time three different
2: times off of skype and reloaded and we we're like what the fuck's going on why can't they hear us they're like making s- signals like we can't hear you and we we're like what the fuck we're texting back and forth dumping out of skype coming back into skype go to audio call to see if maybe it's a bandwidth thing we had mute on the mic
1: nice yep yep, yep yeah. yeah that happens that happens
2: Ah, uh, booze
1: yep yep Ready, uh jeff you want to start this party
2: all righty top five
1: the top five
2: before i get into top five I've, i did want to give a little asterisk to the uh honorable mentions and that is bring the noise
1: yeah and the asterisk
2: is i never think of that as an anthrax song
1: that, that's fair that's that like is a, a public enemy song yeah same oh well, that too yeah I, so I, I just wanted I, to put that the out same. there to
2: anybody that might think do you, that, think, it's, oh, do you think
0: the same way because did you know it as a public enemy song before that i did not but Ooh, i also I was a big public enemy
2: fan well I was a Public Enemy fan before that, and I knew that it was their song before. Like I, oh, kn- I'd yeah. seen it on, I'd seen it on lists, and I just hadn't listened to that
0: album. Gotcha.
2: So my top five, number five, honestly the the heart and soul of For All Kings, Blood Eagle Wings. Did
1: that like that's weird, the weird I
2: little stutter riff at the start of it? Yeah. Oh, I went. <laughs> This thing was on my list and off my list like four fucking times. Damn. Because I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's other things I like better than that. So I'd take it off and I'd put something else on. And then I'd listen to a bunch of anthrax. And I'm like, no, that's got to go back on there, dude. Yeah, yeah, And then it comes off again. And then I'm like, it's back on. So it takes number five, the final slot
0: there. Oh, wait, but, is this this one's not the one with the stutter riff. I don't know what I was thinking of.
1: Are you listening back to it as we're going?
0: I'm listening to it right now. Yeah, yeah that's not the one. Sorry.
1: Okay, you are no, forgiven. That's a good jam though.
0: Anything with Blood Eagle and it's awesome. If you know but what Blood Eagle it's is, it's just an amazing song.
2: <laughs> well, Blood Eagles a couple of different things. True. Depending I know on it as the cool thing.
0: Well, what the like Vikings the used to do
2: to people? <laughs> yeah, dude, the as opposed <laughs> to as opposed to what you and your
0: girlfriend do when she's on her period. Whoa, I never heard that one. But yeah, okay, the blood I eagle. I get what the, you're saying. Yeah, I get the imagination works wonders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Also, shout out to the death metal band from Denmark, Blood Eagle, featuring the former guitar player from Nemec, whose name I can't begin to do justice of pronouncing, so I won't.
2: Also, Good shout call. out. It's too hard if you're dropping on your girl when she's having her period. I
0: mean, I'm Definite sure she shout appreciates out. it. Man, troopers, you're the you're the real
1: heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Taking one for the team. Yep, yep, yep. In the in the trenches in more <laughs> way than one. Man, oh, man, thank
2: you for your service. <laughs> and that, yep, is my podcast.
1: Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Woo. Uh, anything else you wanted to add about Blood Eagle?
2: No, it, it's just it's fucking epic.
1: That's the one with the video, right? I, I remember that being the one that circulated the most when it first came. When See, I, first came
2: I, I I haven't seen any videos. I'm I'm still listening to CDs.
1: Uh, hey, me too. <laughs> I mean, partially. I I make uh, You
0: call me the old man. I'm an old. Oh God, I'm also I'm literally
1: like eight days, nine days older. <laughs> gotta love splitting those hairs I'm telling you man vinyl did it CDs can have a big comeback I don't know how but anything's possible with the right attitude man if
0: tape, yeah if tapes can well CDs yeah can. no shit
1: if tapes can that's amazing I'm still uh uh, Tilo. Jason, really? Jason, you're tapes? number five. Yeah. Oh, we're
0: going meet next? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. It's the heaviest fucking journey song you'll ever hear. It's Medusa off of fucking spreading uh, the disease. Yes, yes, yes. That driving riff was, I mean, it kicked all of our asses, dude. Like, we were all into it, man. So fucking good, dude. I it, it, okay. They also say the word Gorgon. Medusa. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, who does that, dude? Anthrax does that.
1: Yeah, what's up, Gorgon again? Well, I, I great. I'm missing that piece of mythology. I can picture the word. I just can't think of what it is.
0: You don't know the chick with the snake hair? That's Medusa. What's
1: what's the, the other one? Gorgon or whatever. That's
0: what she is. That's she's what, a Gorgon. Yeah, she's oh, a Gorgon. Oh, okay. Yeah
1: i thought medusa just had to, were the life.
0: like oh man I, and this was one that we actually heard after among the living it it was just always my favorite off of uh spreading the disease huh. and it's mostly because of that riff it's it, and i mean it they use it they, they get their money's worth off that riff dude like it's prevalent through the fucking song and it's so fucking good dude that's all i have to say about that one D'Lo, your number five
1: what do i always say on this podcast i'm really
0: curious to hear guys' fucking list man because like oh no like, me too yeah well
1: <laughs> it's pretty easy in one way to figure out what my five is gonna be uh but i always say you never forget your first so i gotta go with poison my eyes off a of last action here dude everything i said before with the weird disney sample that i didn't know was a disney sample for years to just it's a good <laughs> riving song record dude you know what i mean it's that little yeah, thing just to it. hey, one more time you cut off there for a sec
0: oh i just listened to it earlier like i listened to the whole thing while we were talking and i was like damn like
1: yeah it's an underrated I ass cut. To that more yeah man a lot of stuff on that album or that soundtrack i should say is underrated not angry again i'm glad that got it to do um <laughs> sure. But, like, yeah, dude, that's an underrated-ass cut. So I can't really say much more other than if you haven't heard it before because it's a soundtrack cut from a movie that was an infamous bomb from almost 30 years ago that I still hold dearly, do yourself a favor and search it out. Even if you don't have Spotify or whatever, if it's too hard to track down the CD, it's got to be on YouTube all over the
0: place. I, that's why I listen to it on YouTube. Hey, yeah.
2: I don't want to shit on anybody, anybody's loves because you love what you love last action here is pretty shitty movie
1: oh i know Just <laughs> i was i was i was the demographic though i was <laughs> eight or whatever yeah. it was it's it is what it is that was that I've was never considered actually
0: a, watched it all the way through
1: yeah it was considered oh, yeah. a low light for everybody at that point well arnold had one more big movie in him and then that was it and then Batman, what is it? Batman and Robin came out, and then nobody was quite the same after that.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: yep, yep. Moving on from Batman and Robin, Jeff, you're number four.
2: <laughs> well, in that same vein as Batman, no. Oh I, shit! I <laughs> Actually, no. It is. It is kind of tangential. Um, number four for me is King Sized on the Stump Four Four Two. Hell yeah! An, a really just energetic song what first caught my attention was the hulk reference being <laughs> a big went, comic nerd yeah, yeah. but that dime bag lead right in yeah. that song just that just kind of takes it over the top it's the one what makes what makes it on my list with this song is the fact that i got the i got the album 95 96 95 maybe early 96 i don't know
1: uh, that sounds about in the ballparkish.
2: And I still catch myself like humming it. That one song.
1: Yeah, that's the sure mark of a good. I went through. Song. I went
2: through the album a little while ago, and other than random acts to senseless violence, that's the song that sticks out for me. I and it was the one it. that stuck out at the beginning. It's it's just an amazing song. It just it's catchy as fuck.
1: I am not flabbergasted because it makes sense. That was a weird time and they didn't, the, the label dropped the ball on the advertising, or, I guess, or whatever. But I really do. Quite think literally
2: that's... because oh, Drop yeah, the cause... Ball is a pretty fucking cool song. Yeah,
1: yeah. And also, I mean, I'm thinking about the album cover and how that got banned from Walmart because there's a dude's butt on it. And there, and I should say, then there's a big ball of garbage or whatever that is on the, yeah. on the cover. So I, I do think of all the albums, that's probably the most underrated of the John Bush era. Because most people are, are if not, they weren't aware before, they're catching up to how cool some of the stuff on "We've Come for You All" is. But I feel like that is a diamond in a rough. That that whole and era to me is. I've
2: never listened to that album. Uh,
1: "We've Come for You All."
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually heard that one. I didn't listen to uh, the eight ball one.
1: You can cherry pick it. I I, I was with. I listened
0: to the the thread is real eight volume
2: eight thread is real, and I'm like, wow, this is. That sounds like Pearl Jam, like yeah. thrashy Pearl Jam.
1: Yeah, that that was where I think they kind of strayed the furthest. And there's a whole weird thing wow. with them getting signed really to an I independent label. <laughs> I I I love that because I was the right age for that album when it came out. But like you know, right. it's not talked about for a number of reasons. Not the least of which is because after they or after they left Elektra after Stomp four four two, they were like, we're gonna go with this big new upstart label. Um and we're gonna be like the premier artist, yeah. And then the fucking label went bankrupt, uh. So that sucks. <laughs> so, and so that album was out of print for years and years and years. I mean, still kind of is really hard to come by. But it only recently got put on streaming. Um, and they still haven't put uh, Greater of Two Evils on streaming. I can only imagine there must be a litany of reasons for that too. But,
2: and Greater of Two Evils, I don't know if if you're out there, if you don't know about this an amazing album
1: yes because it's
2: john bush doing all the old shit and it's more than just john bush doing the vocals it's charlie benante doing the drums he really wants to do Mm -hmm. yeah his drumming on that album is fucking brutal
1: yeah some people will say that is their favorite Anthrax because it is the best of both eras. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that is the good stuff. They did it in a live setting, in as much as they did it in one take. I'm sure there were some overdubs here. Really? Yeah, they did it. There was a whole video about it. It's got to be way out of print. They they said, okay, er, the fans are gonna pick the set list on our website, and then we're gonna hand, you know, they'll have like a contest for people to come in the studio and watch them record it. So it's like a studio live album. It's 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 a trip to see how they did it, you know.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, there might be some footage of it on YouTube. I think that's off. What I think is funny is when they had the the fan pick set list, they came out and were like, "Okay, you guys left off some songs that we clearly need to put on there." So thank you, but we we're, were amending this this fan. <laughs> thank you, list. but you guys are idiots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank <laughs> you guys for all the support, but you're wrong. I, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, But yeah, and there's three bonus tracks on the Japanese edition, including the last track being In My World, which I liked his take on it. Um, Shit, sorry. I rambled on there. Did you have any more to say about King Size? (laughs) No, no. King Size
2: really speaks for itself.
1: Yes, yes, Yes. indeed.
2: Also, my favorite Snickers.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, Good call. Jason, you're number four.
0: Okay, I'm going to do a dramatic reading I'm on your case. I'm in your face. Kick <laughs> you and your father back in place. <laughs> Step up, sucker. Understand. Don't you know? I'm, I'm the man. man. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Oh well, man.
0: Like El says,
2: smell my anal vapor. Yes indeed. Rest in peace.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. So I'm I I mean I'm I was already a fucking huge rap fan and then this song comes out and fucking two words Hava fucking Nagila. they made a fucking (laughs) rap song out of Hava Nagila. it's amazing dude like oh my god it fucked me up so bad when I heard it. I just I was so hooked on it like gnarly bad and yeah at times I do forget about the song because Bring the Noise gets talked about a lot more and You know, like when you're just cruising through Spotify real quick and you fucking search them, and it's an EP, so it's all like all the way at the fucking bottom. Mm -hmm. But this is the one that bumped. uh, I am, I am the law for me. Another, you know, obviously, I bought three fucking Judge JAG comics because of it. Um, But yeah, this one I was sitting there thinking about. I was like, you know what, man? Like, yeah, this has to be on there because, like. You know, and it's just as Fuck is a boom. Not. You know, and it's just like I think when I first heard it too, I didn't really realize it was Habanagila until like I don't know, probably like 15-20 listens. Because I just kept thinking like, man, this sounds really fucking familiar.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Because of the large Jewish community we
0: have here in Idaho. Yeah, that's true, man. I was exposed to so many Jewish people. You know, but yeah, I mean, just through movies and stuff, I was just, it just sounded so familiar to me. And then it finally fucking hit me that that's what it was. And I mean, the live version, fun, you fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, it was, it was just so fucking good, man. The video, I fucking, I bet I've watched the video a million times. Dude, well, okay, that's exaggerating. Probably a hundred times. I Yo, Jason, the watch so the fun. beat.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I always man. wondered where that yeah is from. I know I've heard it on like Beastie Boy records and stuff too.
2: It's actually from the Beastie Boy records. Oh, the okay. yeah. yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's
0: the Beastie Boys. Yeah. And the but then the, but they use Hava and, yell, and
2: they, out, they out-Jewished the Beastie Boys. Ah, that <laughs> That's is true. That's
0: true. Yeah, I I don't know how they did that, but they managed to do that. Yeah, you know, but like they have the little fucking master sample, yeah, in master yeah. Puppets. They have fucking Sam Kinison starts it off, like his mm-hmm. fucking yell. Like it's just a fucking awesome song, dude. I love it so much. Pretty much done with that. Like it's just always, it, it'll always be there. I'll always remember. Like Jeff was saying, I tend to think music, but I mean, I also feel music, and it just. Anytime I listen to it, I, I just remember, you know, how I felt when I fucking had it and it would just fucking rock that shit all over town.
1: Fucking I, dude. I like it. Anything else you want to cap onto that?
0: No, I'm good, dude. What's your
1: number four? My number four, coming off of Jeff's suggestion from Stomp 442, lead single, I think. I know it had a video because I'm about to talk to you about it. Going Fuel, track two off of Stomp 442. Fucking, it's an energetic-ass song, dude. We talk about the energy on that album. That, I remember very specifically from when I saw them with John Bush, got the whole floor moving, dude, and everybody's singing around. It's got the one, two, three, four. It's got the vocal harmonies. It's got a fucking hook. The video has, and you know, this was like full-on, okay, this is not the 80s anymore. John Bush and maybe some of the other guys are wearing flannels. They got the short hair. They got the weird 90s hair with the sunglasses there's videos of like hot rods because it's called fuel i guess i don't know that part wasn't very clear but you know there was it was a vibe and fucking i still love that song dude the more i'm thinking about it yeah stop 442 might be my favorite one Hmm. it's a pretty damn good album yeah i'm learning a lot as we're doing this i love these you know i never noticed the naked dude standing up on it <laughs> i didn't either well i mean i probably did when wow. i was a kid but i forgot about it <laughs> I never uh, noticed that yeah
2: i noticed it and i always thought it was scott ian ah, <laughs> that dude's too, too like, tall. pretty brave of him yeah.
0: yeah he's way too tall yeah I could he's also see got that. a wicked tan so i don't know Ooh. scott
1: remind me okay i had one <laughs> more bullet point i just remembered that we'll save for the end speaking of scott ian um that's about all I can say about it, man. It's that's an underrated ass song. Go watch the video on YouTube. Just see because it's literally right in the middle of the '90s. See how '90s the '90s could get. I mean, it could have I've got never way seen more the '90s. Video. Truth be told, it's literally just what I said. It's it's video of videos of hot rods and John Bush singing, probably I think wearing sunglasses indoors while wearing a flannel and probably wearing in the
0: <laughs> '90s. Anthrax version of "Kickstart My Heart."
1: Yeah, it really is, dude. <laughs> And I and I am for that very much. <laughs> uh, Jeff, nice. you're number three.
2: Off of Sound of White Noise, number three for me is Invisible. Right on. And Invisible, it struck me when I first heard it. Like I said, you feel music. Invisible fucking spoke to me. And I didn't understand why it spoke to me until years fucking later. And I don't want to use any names here. Jason, you were there for a big chunk of this. But um, I was married young. I was divorced young. I ended up in another relationship that was really fucking horrible for me, young. Had kids and shit like that. And it all comes down to in high school, I dated this one girl who just treated me like shit and that's what this song fucking dredges up for me and to let jason in on it the fat black hole of doom
0: <laughs> the fat black hole of doom
2: <laughs> oh yeah dude i was i was in my 40s when i realized how much fucking damage that chick did to me
0: damn that's intense
2: I know, but they also I'm
0: listening to the song now because I'm, I'm not super familiar with it. But I really like the fucking intro, that those little fucking that little harmonic fucking thing that they're doing. I mean, musically, it's just it's a fucking
2: amazing song. But I'm also a lyric I'm a lyrics guy. Jason wasn't wasn't the lyrics guy. He yeah. was always always about the riff. He was about the rhythm. I was about what it said, and that's where we kind of differed musically but invisible spoke to me and i'm um, i'm no psychologist here but finding out stuff about that woman years later she's a fucking psychopath like a Hoyle psychopath and i'm pretty lucky to have survived it and she messed me up really bad and i and because of that i ended up being a messed up human being for a lot of other human beings. Sorry and I liked, I love, I love that's this it. Song Get off because- the show. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. know
0: <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm taking my mic with me. I feel things, man. But oh, no, yeah, this song, it really, rough.
2: it hits me, man. You know, I'm, I'm past it. I'm in a good place. Good to hear. I've lived a
0: good life. It's got some good riffs on it oh it's fucking tight as fuck these little fucking stabs and it yeah. says burn 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 and i was dude. all about that at that yeah, time yeah any song that yells burn multiple times <laughs> is fucking awesome in my book dude. that's my
1: favorite song of all time is the song that says burn multiple times wait yeah.
0: what yeah.
1: what song we're gonna get to that one day you, just you <laughs> oh, wait shit. i'll leave that as a t- right. i'm pretty sure i've said it before but so, on another episode probably have
0: I'm yeah number three sure. is invisible
1: well that's cool that's that's why we like to really really get into the nitty-gritty of what really makes it in your top of top favorites you know what i mean that's why we like oh, to make yeah. the hard decisions here also
0: if it means something it like it's just like this icing on the cake where it's like yeah music's fucking cool lyrics are fucking cool but what did the music do to you? What did the lyrics do to you? That's it was a, the old. It was a salve. It let me it,
2: before even realizing what had been done with me, would have been done. Well, I won't say to me. Well, it was to me, but it was a salve. It was a balm that kind of like smoothed over. Yeah, yeah. You feel these things. You should feel these things. It's okay to feel these things. And you know what? The song is going to let you feel these things. Fuck yeah, dude. Amen. And that's the fucking point of music, man. That's the fucking point of metal. Absolutely.
1: Fucking A, man. I don't know that I could get much more personal than that on this episode.
2: <laughs> you know what healthy, emotionally stable people listen to? Fucking, fucking metal.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after the fact, yeah. He had bistros. He had one down here. Now it's a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> R.I.P. Oh, man. Fucking A. Anything That's else you wanted true. to add, Jeff? No, I'm good. I'm good. Rock on. <laughs> Jason, you're number three.
0: <laughs> Jeff already said... <sings laughs> jung, 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 <laughs> so. jung, 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 jung. Dude, Those huge fucking chords, man. Like that massive fucking intro on that shit. And it's track one and it's just... Fucking awesome, dude! Like, you know, and then it gets into those fucking verses, man. Like, but, but it, you know, and the verses are kind of like half time. So, ticka 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 tick, You know, like a, a little bit of a quicker beat, and then it fucking opens back up to that fucking You know, for the fucking chorus and stuff. Like, you know, and it's got the fucking. Uh, well, I mean, I also like that it, you know, I mean, it ends with the fucking cello as well, but it's got the fucking. um it's not quite as much of a mosh part, I guess. You know, I, I do think it was listed as a mosh part, but it's got a out and then it double times it, so it's like double picking city. Oh man. Builds up. Builds up to a whack ass solo, but whatever. Fucking we love you, Danny. And then fucking right back into the fucking verse. Like, oh dude, it's fucking great. I would also like to say that aside from maybe belly of the beast, this is probably my favorite dance bit solo.
1: Hmm. All right. You
0: know, I'll do that. No, that's, you can't really talk yeah. about a lot of his solos, but I mean, and I, I mean, I, you know, it's like, yeah, you throw any other, most other guitar players in there. I mean, they probably do something better than that, but I mean, it's, it's fine. I think it's probably his best one. It's definitely my favorite of his, like I said, belly of the beast has a, has a pretty good one. And when I, you know, yeah, for him especially, but not to throw him under the bus too hard, but yeah, th- I was waiting for this album to come out so fucking bad because you know I would heard Among the Living, and it's only a year after, you know, so I luckily I didn't have to wait very long. But I mean, I was at fucking Kmart when this shit came out. You know, <laughs> and- <laughs> Kmart, yeah, dude, I fucking grabbed it, dude, like bought it on fucking tape. And I was just so excited, just seeing the fucking album cover and the magazines and stuff. I was super fucking hyped for this album to come out, man. And I wasn't disappointed, man. There's a lot of fucking good songs on here. Schism was the other fucking cover that I was trying to remember.
2: Is that a cover?
0: Yeah. Really? I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, wait, no. So Antisocial was the one I was thinking of. Uh, sorry. sects. Sects was the, was the one. Sex. That's why oh. a band called Schism, isn't it? I'm pretty sure uh, they called schism. Did Sex that they did on Killer Bees, but antisocial, like that was the other cover yeah. aside from uh, from Got the Time that really blew up. And, you know, so they they released Be All End All, and I think it was now it's dark, and then they released Antisocial, and it just blew up all over MTV, and they never played those other two videos again. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little moment to be an old man.
2: So, David, yes back in 1987 i would have been too yeah (laughs) maybe when when that album came out was 86 or 87 it was 80 or it was 88
1: 88 was steady for you isn't that crazy to think how much shit they fit in in such a small amount of time dude i had to look back in the dictionary
2: when you wanted to buy an album at kmart you didn't walk over and I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh the tapes in the plastic cases. Like there was the tape in its little in its little plastic, you know, in its little holder. Yeah. But it was yeah. in a big plastic case so you couldn't steal it. No, yeah. you would have to go up, you would have to get somebody with a key mm-hmm. to open up the glass front case to pull it out of the stack of tapes.
1: Okay, that sounds vaguely familiar. It's only very much like how Kmart was yeah Kmart my, was the, like the only place like that Fred Meyer wasn't store.
2: like that, but Kmart uh grocery stores, drug stores they had this like case of tapes, and you would have to get the guy with the key and so you'd stand in front of this glass case and be like, "What do they got in
0: here and it'd just be <laughs> or, stacks or of fucking tapes. It? should I do it? Which one should I get?" Ooh, which one should I get?
1: Oh, so you weren't able to, <laughs> be able to like, flip them around? I don't know. 944 is a lot of
0: money. <laughs> dude, yeah. I would agonize over buying fucking albums, dude.
1: Wow, man. Because, I mean, like, I remember, like, if it's the same plastic thing, I'm thinking, like, when you brought it up to the register, they had another little key thing that stuck yes. in there. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I yes. remember that, yeah. No,
2: see, this was before those. Fucking hell, dude. And hmm. agonizing over albums... I didn't buy Volume 8 Thread is real because I bought Diabulus and Musica.
1: I bought that as well. <laughs> All right. I do have: It was like between you... those
0: two. I'm just going to tell you, good fucking call, dude.
1: I could yeah. Do. I enjoy them both for what they are. That, that was very indicative of the time in which they were both produced, you know? Fucking yeah. hell. Sorry, number I, three I get...
0: for Delo.
1: Yeah, uh, So number three for me. We talked about this. Everybody talks about We've Come For You All being their big comeback record. And if I could say, if you're going to check out one song and one alone, because really this is the only one I listen to now, What Doesn't Die, the first proper song, track two, We've Come For You All, 2003. The music video is a goddamn zombie mosh pit. So, Nice. And the main uh, zombie is Brian Fossain. So, (laughs) fuck yeah. And it's the thrashiest they ever got with John Bush in, as far as original material, dude. He's doing some double bass shit on there that would make everybody else blush in his class. Like, it's, it's oh, a yeah, sick Oh, yeah, i to right now. This is pretty crazy. This I've song never, fucking rules.
0: Well, I guess I've heard it one time. I've only heard the album one time. It was a couple days ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, like, fucking, yeah, the, this, for me, this is the standout. The only other one I thought about was Safe Home, which is the big ballad. And it's got Keanu Reeves walking along a freeway, mouthing along the lyrics because Keanu can do whatever the fuck he wants, really. What's
0: that? Safe home?
1: That's safe home, yeah. Um, That's the
0: one I've heard the most off this album because I yeah, remember hearing it when it was out.
1: That was that was the big single, but like and then they made the video for this. And and then and this is the one I find myself listening to way more and more and more than any it's it's way up there. It's he's oh this whole five it's like shit what order are these going in because i love all of these man again with john bush era for me it's about songs it's not albums but the songs are key dude and i'm glad this is what they opened with that one time i saw them at house of blues dude like way to start it off a set way to start off an album that is the highlight of the album for me so
0: yeah that machine gun shit the... yeah. like yes yeah, that'd be a great opener
1: Charlie Banani is the king of control as far as drums, dude. Like, again, oh, yeah. can't sing his praises enough. It's it's a key example of how great of a drummer he is. And, like, John Bush with the, the melody that's not – it's not a m- melody melody. It's, like, a driving melody. You know what I mean? Like, it keeps the energy up. It's It shows that you can be aggressive while still, like, carrying notes, dude. Like, I uh, – I can't believe I had to choose between this and the other two. <laughs> but – yeah, man. If I can recommend anybody, never listen to, not just we've come for you all, but John Bush. Period. What doesn't die? Maybe make that your first one, especially if you're on the more aggressive side of things. Um, all right, fucking a, man. Cordy. Number two.
2: My number two, it, to me, is a classic. I am actually amazed it didn't make other people's honorable mentions, or maybe it's on everybody's list because it's just so amazing, but. <laughs> from Spreading the
0: disease AIR. Ah, that is a good oh, one too. Oh shit. It, it is a classic and it yeah. did not make any of my shit. Like nah, uh, No, no, right. I do like the song
1: Dude,
2: though. Dude,
0: that song <laughs> The first time I heard it, yep, yeah, I'm
2: saying grabs you by the throat. It has some pretty good Danny Spitz lead
0: work in it. Yeah, not too bad, especially that first one, like right off the bat.
2: Yeah. And it lyrically it, it spoke to me when I was young in this day and age it speaks to me now. I mean it's it's just a fantastic song. However, I will say my favorite version is the John Bush version from Greater of Two Evils. Mm, yeah, yeah. Cuz it is just
0: fucking tough. Well, a this, good term for it. <laughs> The main
1: the, the main
0: riff is something more conducive to <clears throat> even the john bush era stuff yeah you know just stuff like a down it's uh and it's got the big hang you know like it is a little bit different than some of their other stuff what does air stand for does it stand for anything adolescence in red
2: or adolescence in revolt depending on whichever huh. time they've mentioned it
0: nice yeah, I don't think I've ever known what that stood for. I've never really looked it up. I you know, I, I remember the ADI. <laughs> you know. Arabian douche intro. Yeah. You never forget something that's called Arabian Douche Intro.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's my number two, and I don't really have much to say about it other than I think it's just It's a big
0: because like you look at all like, the live song. albums, it's on every like all of their live albums. It's one that's been in their sets for a while it's, it's like, the classic no one talks about it's the classic because zero it, airplay it 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 gives ground to probably armed and dangerous uh, and everything gives ground to madhouse so mm-hmm.
1: i feel like there's a tier system with some of these songs where they're all good but like the level of like importance on you know on different stages like like there's a there's a tier system to it kind of and I feel like that gets lost in the mix sometimes in favor of the bigger singles and stuff, you know? See, back in
2: the day, Persistence of Time was number one in my book.
1: And then,
2: as an album. Mm-hmm. And then, I loved Among the Living, and there were songs on there that were just they eclipsed a lot of the songs on pers- persistence of time. Like among the living is an amazing fucking song.
1: That first three song run right there alone. But you know, then
2: yeah. I, and then I got spreading the disease, which, you know, after listening to among the living spreading the disease is kind of weak. Yeah. But AIR uh, was just like, I'm like, it eclipsed a lot of, the other songs that I'd heard before that,
1: yeah, they're very different albums, which I didn't really appreciate because I don't think I've ever listened to them back to back between "Spreading the Disease" and "Among the Living." "Among the Living" is consistent as hell; it's like the same thing over and over, but it's very consistent. Whereas "Spreading the Disease," it's very varied, which I like. But like with that variation, not you know, not all is created equal in that sense. Um, yeah, but it's cool. the like disease
0: that. is not as thrashy.
1: It's you no, know, it's not as thrashy. Yeah. I was reading about
0: to me that's the big difference is among the living was like not saying spreading the disease isn't a thrash album it's just it's still rooted in traditional metal it's rooted in hair metal it's Mm. rooted in that era where among the living is like okay dude this is our fucking now we are a fucking thrash band
1: yeah 24 7 fucking uh, what is it 752 52 33 30, 365 thrash dude all the way through most definitely <laughs> yeah. fucking hell yeah that that is a top solid choice right there dude I, I i dig it uh anything else you want to add to that one
2: no i'm good on
1: that right on jason number two number poo
0: man they want to <laughs> put me in jail man i'm already, <laughs> I'm already in jail, in jail. <laughs> don't they know that my life's just one big sale
1: and then the chords ring I'm out. In, and...
0: in my world, dude, god damn, dude. The fucking the build-up to the chorus, just it's just fucking to me, this is like their we're gonna be serious song. Yeah. True. You know a what I mean? Like serious. really they hit that fucking uh it, it's like the it's not necessarily really like a a blast but it's like you know and he goes in my world and then they have the like the way that it builds up and it just fucking you know like our buddy Brett said like they drop the floor out in that in that chorus it's like impossible not to headbang on that part
1: yeah uh, there's
0: just no way I can get through that fucking part without just my whole body just fucking boom you know and like no one touches me I'm a walking razor blade like fuck dude forget about it like yeah it's so fucking good dude and I mean the one thing I will say (sighs) that's kind of iffy about this song is you know what just leave the fucking solo out of it (laughs) And, and and not just the solo part like the solo itself the sol- the whole solo, because i mean it goes at right after the main part of the solo it goes that fucking like and it's just like so i don't know it's it just seems a little bit out of place to me only because of what fucking danny's doing but honestly they could take the whole part out and i i, I would it would probably be number one
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know I like it's but it's a great fucking song. The video is just a performance video. I don't remember if there's much else to it. But
1: they're hanging from like a rafter or something by the arms in the beginning. That's about it.
0: Uh, right, because that was something that had to do with like some alternate like art in the in the album, I I believe.
1: Mm, okay, I could see that. Yeah, why not? It's it's it gets the job done just like Danny Spitz fucking solo.
0: <laughs>
1: right, right. Like i mean games. it is a it's break solo. so yeah well, yep. we gotta yep. do something yep <laughs> everybody take yeah. five danny's carrying the load on this one
0: yeah we can't just not do a fucking solo that's insane
1: yeah man uh, especially around then <laughs> i don't uh, know if you
2: remember this but i had that t-shirt in high school what was the what was the picture of it was the um it was the persistence of time clock said anthrax had the persistence of time clock said oh, in my the world back of it and In on the, the back, back of it had said, had the "Nothing touches me. I'm, I'm a yeah. razor blade." Yep, that shit. That's I like right. it. That's hard, dude. Yeah, yeah. that
0: shit's.
1: You know, to I'm me, not
0: I'm
2: not afraid. at 17. That was edgy. To my classmates, that was an invitation to touch me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you think so, huh? Oh, wow. Hey, man. So classic. I I can beat him up, but no one else gets to beat him up yeah yeah for sure. <laughs> only i get to beat him up
1: hey off limits i like it. i mean shit man i that was in my honorable mentions i i don't know that i said i didn't you know I, I don't know that i would say anything you didn't already other than it's an awesome song and you got to see them smash up the bundy house and it was sick and yes the the version at the end of the japanese version of um Greater than or greatest of two evils is awesome too. If you can find it on YouTube, I'm gonna have
2: to. I'm gonna have to track that down. Yeah. Yeah. My same.
1: Dead ass last on the three bonus tracks or whatever after the album itself, and go figure. It's my favorite song from that era, probably. No, it is. So like, of course, it's a bonus track on an obscure Japanese copy. <laughs> Just my luck. <laughs> and I have looked for it on eBay. That's that's a task and a half. It's it's a, it's a it's a bucket list item at this point. But that's okay anyways my number two it was a toss-up man this the the, it, the whole five i could have mixed at one point in my life around and they would all make sense but especially these top three and so number two i have to go with the song that james headfield once told anthrax was a perfect song and i'm talking about the first big one with john bush off the sound of white noise only nice Hetfield really was right, man. song. Yeah, it's just an awesome, catchy-ass song. Something I didn't know about that album until recently, there's there's a lot of correlation made between a lot of what was happening at the time, not the least of which is him doing the prior, the producer doing the prior um, Armored Saint album. He also did Dirt and Facelift by Alice in Chains, and he did the two first big ones up by Jane's Addiction. So there was something definitely okay. in the water as far as that. And that makes so much sense now that I know that, that I'm just like, oh, dude, that's a perfect match for, for what they were going for right there, you know, and seeing the video when I was – it's got to be 14. I always talk about this time in my life a lot. You know, the video on Loud from much music in Canada. Um, It's, it's them in a black-and-white room or, or – no, it's just like them in some dilapidated-ass building in, in yeah. black-and-white, you know. It's a very – a lot of these videos are pretty straightforward, simple ones except for the ones that really stand out, but they get the job done, you know. It was – moving forward into that not so serious realm even more so than they had before on Persistence of Time you know it's but it's such a sick song dude like I I don't know how else to phrase it than that field was right make that a t-shirt um it's just solid it makes sense that of all the Bush songs that's the one that Joey Belladonna chose to sing when he was when that gauntlet was thrown down on him and he did an interesting job. It's, it's 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 interesting to hear the Joey Belladonna take. But dude, it's not a, a song.
2: hard song to sing.
1: No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like that's a good middle ground for somebody that is in the middle ground as far as all that goes range wise, you know. So like that's kinda what's cool about it too, is it that, you know, anybody could sing it, right? So like, ah oh man, I wish. Uh thank you. I really Jason. love
0: how that, that guitar runs. You know, on the top of the fucking. Like yeah. in that high guitar, just. Like... And it never changes the note. Like it just keeps running through on the same note the whole way.
1: Yeah.
0: Fuck. It's, it's really cool. Like, I, I remember when this song came out and I just. I fucking really enjoyed it. First time Definitely. I saw the video,
2: uh, I saw. It was the same night I saw Ice Cube's Wicked nice Ooh,
1: that's a hell of a nice. one two right there dude god i missed the 90s i was a li- i was in single digits but i missed the 90s man fucking hell when you had to stay up late at night to watch the yeah. videos you really wanted to see on 120 yeah. minutes with you Matt felt Pinsfield. like you were doing something important yeah yeah dude and you then know, whatever like, after that yeah fucking the banner ball withdrawal oh man oh see, yeah that, that's dude. another like, one I, that's
0: why i recorded all that shit
1: I wish I was old enough for those days of the original Headbangers Ball. Did you see Ricky Rackman did the the special um, Code Orange stream yesterday? No, I didn't. He, he hosted it because they did it unplugged, and it was called the Mudbangers Ball, and it was like a throwback to the old <laughs> unplugged and Code Orange fucking covered down in a hole.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, w- and nice. Ricky
1: Rackman hosted. I, I still have to watch this, but that's awesome that they did that. I'll have that to check it out. Away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was it
0: really was like you felt like you were doing something important. In fact, whenever you found a new band, period, you felt like you were doing something important because you had to do something to get it. You either had to go meet somebody, you had to go somewhere to see a magazine, or you had to stay up late watching that second that second hour of headbangers ball or whatever. And now I I mean, I kind of get the same feeling when I'm going through like related artists. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's the same kind of deal. It's just uh it's just not quite there because uh it's a little bit easier and i mean yeah. to be completely honest with you i mean as time goes by you know things aren't as cool i get you get used to doing things so it's like it's not yeah. quite as cool because a lot of it was just the fact that we were younger
1: yeah and that's just all that was everything was newer, you know yeah and uh, to to what you were saying though the, yeah you you substitute that method of like treasure hunting so to speak with yeah, yeah. as you said similar artists Or, you know, stories and biographies or whatever. I, um, what's that band you posted about on Facebook the other day? Gang, something of four. It's not Gang of Four, right?
0: Oh, Mind Over Four? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Mind Over Four. So so Jeff's like the only other person
2: who's.
1: (laughs) So it's funny, dude, because that just randomly popped up when I was doing research. Apparently, that guy was in the mix to be the new singer of Anthrax at one point.
2: Spike Xavier.
1: Yeah. That was one of the no guys shit. they tapped before. Wow. I think it was before John Bush, because I don't think it was when they were searching for Belladonna. I didn't know the guy that ended up singing for Skid Row, the original singer of Skid Row, was with them for a minute before yeah, Skid Row was I saw a thing. That on the I had no idea, dude. I, I was trying to like figure that.
0: out who the fuck he was, because I was like, wait a minute. Like, Yeah. Okay. Okay. There was someone before Sebastian.
1: Yeah. Which I had no idea. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Mind over four. Some. Yeah. Because someone had said like name an obscure artist or something like that, and I was like, dude, Mind over four. Like Phil Anselmo's wearing a shirt on the back of Olger, display a power cover, Hmm. and we both, you know, me and Jeff saw. Jeff was the one who actually bought the tape. I just made a dub.
1: Nice. Shout out to Dubs, man. Before there was burning CDs, there was Dubs, and even kids now are going, "What's burning CDs?"
0: Oh yeah. Oh, it's like hell. if you're gonna rip a band off, you're gonna have to fucking do it the old fashioned way and you're gonna have to go make friends with somebody.
1: Yeah. You know, Take, that has your was the share.
0: original file sharing.
1: Yeah. yeah I'm sure much. Lars
2: would have walked in with a baseball bat and captives for that. Yep,
0: yep, yep. <laughs> I'm sure he would. Oh man. The, the Taking Lars. money out of my pocket. Yeah. Bam.
1: The Lars Mafia. I like it. That's the that's gonna have to be a concept. <laughs> you're at some point. Right.
0: The Lars Mafia. Yeah well yeah because there's those things you know lars was right and it's like i mean technically he was right but at the same time dude like the music industry just in general especially the metal side really dropped the ball oh yeah lars was right but lars
2: was also shitty about it yeah
1: yeah it's a double-edged sword for sure yeah (laughs)
2: and lars also forgot a big thing i owned one metallica album before the black album that i bought you know a purchased album
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: I had all their shit and listened to it daily was a huge Metallica fan. I bought one tape.
0: Well, yeah, he was also
2: and, a tape trader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like what the fuck?
1: Yeah. That was the thing. Like, I irony. was,
2: the thing is I lived in a place where there weren't shows. If I lived in a place where there were shows, they would have gotten so
0: much money for me for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Easily. Balls. I bought plenty of merch.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. I still got a garage. Or a garage, I got a closet for you sure I got to figure out what to do with. Um, on that it's note, time. it is time. A moment number, of truth. Number one, one, one. It all comes down to this, Jeff. What is your number one? All right.
2: One? I bet Jason can guess it.
0: Dude, I don't know. Like, I'm really, a, a, you're throwing down all these fucking bushes. All right. What, Black Lodge.
2: Fuck no. (laughs) Keep it in the fucking family.
0: Oh, fuck, dude. Nice. Dude, that thing
2: grinds and fucking pounds. Holy fucking shit. That song... And I I went back and listened to... I listened to it on Persistence. I listened to it on on Greater of Two Evils. That song just fucking grabs you and just grabs you by the back of the head and says, fucking look at it. Look at it. Fucking look
1: at it. Rubbing the dog's face in the carpet. Oh, my God. All at the
0: same time going, see how heavy this shit is? Do you fucking see how heavy it is? That fucking opening.
2: And then the drums kick in.
0: Yeah. I'm just like. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's just De Niro kicking you in the fucking head, like just over and over and over, dude. Fuck. <laughs> Why the so, fuck
2: do you hand
0: fucking times? Uh, so and yes, it
2: problematic because it does use two slurs, but it uses them for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes, it uses them as in, like, look
0: at this hateful fucking word. Yeah, don't because yeah, be to like you this. these are these and these are these that's what he says to you these are these and these are these and it's mommy hated this and mommy daddy daddy hated this and mommy hated that it's just a fucking awesome song shout out to a fucking playlist i don't know if we've ever done this shout out to a mix fucking tape mix cd actually my girlfriend slept with a leper and i'm still washing the sheets (laughs) Oh, Jesus. It's be, That's an old one. You know, mostly, yeah, yeah, mostly sans death metal. It's supposed to be the heaviest fucking album ever created. The Anthrax song that made it onto that album was Keep It In The Family. Just fucking... It's heavy as fuck, dude. It's baseball
2: bat, sledgehammer, fucking that big concrete
0: saw. Dude, it's like getting hit <laughs> in the fucking head, dude, by... Some fucking nine foot tall fucking drooling maniac, and he doesn't even have a hammer. He just has a fucking concrete block with rebar sticking out of it. It's the two fucking trees smashing the ATST. Nice. Yes, dude. there's an image I yes. can get behind. Fuck yeah, dude! That's exactly what it is. It's fucking awesome, and dude. Heavy, heavy Hall of Fame for sure, dude. And like I said, I'm a lyrics guy.
2: The message, fucking unfortunately. Is still
0: something relevant yes. today. Yeah. Absolutely relevant. And it's absolutely unfortunate. I
1: mean, but, this should be yeah, that
0: should be a thing where people listen to the song and go, wow, people really like that? Yeah. You know, yeah. instead, it's not.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, it's It should be relegated to, like, one world.
1: Yeah. It's right. It's a weird mixed thing where you're like, hey, that's cool that this song still resonates today, like, musically, but you're just like, fuck this song still resonates on a lyrical level man you know yeah. what i mean like ugh.
2: like we're still making we're still arguing the same old things
1: yep 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 yep. but
2: yeah that's that's it that song i don't think it gets any better in my in my mind for anthrax
1: yeah fair enough my mine's weird i'll i don't know about weird it's just not the it's not most people's number one so on that note jason what is your number one
0: fucking among the living first song i ever heard to quote my dude d you never forget your first it's to me it's the perfect fucking anthrax song because right after that dude had to be just this huge fucking majestic fucking intro and then it just goes into the fucking like Ultra fucking groove shit, you know, and then it fucking kicks it up a notch where it hits the fucking you know, and then there's the fucking banante flurry, <laughs> the Benan- like he does this little flurry, and then it fucking kicks into a fucking, you know, old school fucking blast, you know, disease disease, which is kind of confusing because their album before that, is spreading the disease and he's talking about spreading the disease
1: yeah
0: um, but that, I mean but like you know you hit that fucking like the kind of a little bit of a jerky chorus way up tempo and then it fucking you know like I am the walking dude like and it just fucking grooves you to death dude it's fucking awesome dude and then yes again subject matter dude is fucking Randall Flag. I only know him from The Stand. I've never read any of the other fucking stuff with him. But, I mean, just hearing the song for so many years and then reading The Stand, I think it probably took me about, I don't know, three or four years later, I actually read The Stand. And it was just, like, putting all these little fucking pieces together. And it was, like, putting things like writing in Among the Living Part 2, you know, and things like that in my head. You know, and it's just, it's always it's been my number one since the fucking first time I heard it
1: hot damn that's a great connection to have it's fucking it's it's considered a classic for a reason a very good
0: reason
2: I bumped it off my list because I was absolutely certain it was gonna be on Jason's list
1: (laughs) I I back that so it's just like one of those well at least it's in the group I I I can back that yeah that's that's how it's had to be for a few of mine fucking a man it's fun to watch live say that much
0: Oh, uh, fuck. I bet. Yeah. Anything else? I <laughs> and
1: really just that
2: outro. Out? Just the among, outro on it. That,
0: among, that among, 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 among. Yeah, dude. It's fucking so good. Oh, my God. I Everything about it is just awesome, dude. Like, the you know, the fucking, the the bridge, dude, where fucking Benante's just humming those fucking kicks. Where he's like, he's singing, he's calling, it's like a sea sporting, like, I mean, Benante is cooking on that motherfucker, dude, like big time. Lars don't do shit like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Lars. Fucking
0: Lars. Yep, yep, Just yep, kidding. Man. I don't. I got oh, no
1: beef with Lars. Honestly,
2: the big four, Benante is the tops on the drums. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm.
1: Balls. Are we at that point? Is it down to me now? Down to yes. You? Sick. Sick. All right. Again, not going to be most people's first choice, but because of the time and place kind of thing.
0: So curious.
1: I'm going volume eight. The, wow. fo- the lost album, the track, <laughs> the track. Everybody talks about on that album, even though crushed is fun too, but I'm talking about inside out, dude. I remember seeing the video when I was a kid, I could have had this with the sound off and I would have already liked this. <laughs> so it's, it's the, it gotta remember mid to late eighties, nine anthrax. So all the most nineties alternative, whatever, you know, freak show shit that, that that was the height of this for them and so what's the video i already talked about a pretty basic video of them just playing in black and white in some building for only this is also a video on black and white but that's because it's an homage and what is it an homage to there's a dude looking out in an airplane and he's panicky nice but instead of seeing a oh. gremlin on the wing he sees anthrax playing and he's freaking out <laughs>
0: I love it, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Yep, 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 Oh, my God.
1: Oh, it's so criminal that that didn't get a bigger push. Dude, it would have
0: been so much better if it had been young Scott Ian when he still had hair and he had not shaved in his chest hair, dude. Well,
1: yeah. (laughs) Well, so it's funny you say Scott Ian. He's wearing, like, airplane goggles or something, and he's doing the weird double braid beard thing.
0: He's like fucking uh, fucking Seth Green on fucking Can't Hardly Wait.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as for the actual this is a song, weird song, yeah, I'm it is to right now. Yeah,
0: I like is. that. fucking... Yeah, so slurry, shit.
1: yeah, again, because it's the mid to late 90s, it's the loud, quiet dynamic, which isn't something they did a lot, right? But right. it works, and they got bongos in there, yeah, right before that part kicks in. Yeah, that's a slamming ass riff right there, dude.
2: Okay, that i remember this from last night that was a really fucking good song
1: yeah that's the standout on that album dude and then him dropping in and he's got the kind of low-key thing going with the voice and he gets all pretty with the harmonies talking about eating hemlock um and then that little pre-chorus thing where it's like it's basically it's the closest he gets to screaming really and then that chorus Definitely. fucking soars dude and it is oh, yeah it's dude. great like, yeah yeah and that's 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 the best of '90s Anthrax for my for my ticket right there, dude. And of so course, who's okay, doing
0: solos on this.
1: So here's that's what that's what I was Rob? gonna get. That's what I was gonna get to next. This is when they still had no official uh, lead player. So go figure. Scott? To me, no, the go figure. Which I guess Charlie did some solos. The best rhythm or lead player in Anthrax wasn't even in the band. That's dime.
2: Yeah, oh, he right. kills it. That's okay. my favorite
1: Anthrax solo too. And it's not even it's not even anybody in Anthrax, man. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah well, yeah I think
0: by this time they were actually calling him like the fucking unofficial like fucking sixth member fifth member whatever
1: yeah and he's on like two other songs um that but yeah he's that's, on king that's, sized a, yeah yeah he's
0: he's, well, he's on like four songs on Stomp four forty 440, four four two isn't he yeah yeah he's, you
1: know, he's four of them I, I think he was just on king size maybe yeah I think he's just
2: on king size it's the other it's uh there is real he's on like four of them
1: yeah and uh phil does a uh he he does vocals on one song too i can't remember which one but yeah dude ah oh, shit okay so now i'm in a conundrum i need to listen to both stomp 442 and Eight back to back because i now i'm in a conundrum dude <laughs> i like those a lot um but yeah that's that's the one for me dude i, I i'm glad i talk about obviously they're not playing poison my eyes live because that's a fucking niche deep cut from a solo album or a, excuse me a soundtrack but I'm so glad, even if it was just for the one time, that I got to see my top four live. That <laughs> means the fucking world to me, dude. So. Nice. Yep, That's been our list, folks. It's cool that our picks were so all over the map because when you've had a band whose career spans this long and has gone so many places with so many different members, it's cool to you know see a little bit of everything. So please let us know what your favorite era is, who your favorite singer is. Um, <clears throat> the one thing I'm just now remembering to ask... What's everybody's favorite? Because let's be honest, it's going to be Scott Ian. What's your favorite Scott Ian side project?
0: I've never heard of really a side project of his other than S.O.D. I mean,
1: yeah, that not, been... I, haven't
0: listened, I haven't listened to the damn things or anything like that.
1: Okay, that would have been S.O.D. for me because it's damn sure not democracy. What um, fuck is that? so there was a show called super group it was a reality show where it's like build a super group oh, okay from scratch. that was that yeah. thing i remember yeah. that thing yeah okay. scott ian evan seinfeld from biohazard jason bonham john bonham's son ted nugent and fucking baz sebastian bach on vocals wow and the album i heard wasn't very good
0: i mean kind of sounds terrible
1: yeah yeah it, it was a spectacle <laughs> thing more than anything else right but yeah damn things on the other hand Awesome! 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 Hard rock, old school, classic '70s heavy metal band. Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die on vocals. Uh, Scott Ian on on guitar. Uh, and who? I think there's one more guitar player. But also it's two
0: dudes from uh, Fallout Boy.
1: Yeah, uh, Andy and I never remember the other guy's name. But like everybody that really knows Fallout Boy knows those guys are metal and hardcore guys. So it's awesome that to see them have their other outlets for that when. Fallout boys doing their thing. Uh on that note, check out Sect. Sect is fucking sweet. Uh it's Andy Play hardcore say, instead
0: again, of telling you guys the top 10 cuz it's kind of all the things, there's only one thing you need to see and that's Madhouse is number 1 yeah. at 28,728,000. That's 10 million plays over amash mm-hmm. One massive reason Madhouse is probably the most hair metal out of all their fucking songs. It's also the, it was also featured in, I believe two grand theft auto games.
1: That's my recollection. Yeah.
0: By city and also San Andreas. So, and it, it just, it just annihilates everything else on there. There's a good chunk between two and five where they're like in the fucking double digit millions. And then it's 28 million on that one. Like it's just fucking crazy, dude. Um, I would like to say thank you to my best friend for being on here. I'm super excited to have you on.
1: yeah dude. Um, glad we were able to It's
0: time for it. you to plug away my man. It's yes. been a fucking honor to be on this <laughs> podcast
2: by the way. Not only has it been fun as fuck, but I'm just I'm thrilled as hell to be here. This has been great. Definitely. So shameless plug time. I'm from a podcast called Soulmates. Love and MST3K. That stands for Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. We're a Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand comedy fan cast. And uh, so, if you want to follow me, I'm at Jeff Avisen. That's spelled like the beer, but with a J, two Fs, and two S's. Or if you want to follow my podcast, it's at Soulmates Pod on Twitter, Soulmates MST3K Podcast on Facebook, or check us out on Reddit. Our subreddit is r/slash arcane jugs that's with two g's and two z's
1: that is great i'm a fan of that already yep
0: jesus fucking christ
1: awesome (laughs) well thanks again dude we we appreciate you coming on it's been a a blast yeah we'll have to have you on again for something else soon because we got nothing but time so
2: you tell me when i'll be there this has been fucking phenomenal yeah what band
0: do you want we're probably I, not going to do huge. I Lewis don't know. News, so, I mean, oh, I hey, know, if we're feeling frisky enough, dude. Uh,
1: before we take <laughs> yeah, that's off, that's I also want to shout out to Danny Spitz's uh, lesser for lesser remembered brother, Dave Spitz. This sounds like a joke. <laughs> There's a Dave Spitz. He oh, was a bass fuck, player. That's right. On one Black Sabbath album, which wasn't even supposed to be a Black Sabbath album at first, because it's Seventh Star, which was supposed to be Tony Ione's solo album. And he's credited yes. on Eternal Idol, but he didn't play. So I just like that little trivia that Dave Spitz is a thing. You know, Danny, Danny Spitz <laughs> brother. He's the, the Frank Stallone of of the the metal world.
0: Dude, welcome to the We Hate Danny Spitz podcast. Uh, what's not,
1: yeah, we don't even hate him. It's just it's funny.
0: <laughs> no. It's fun to fuck with him, but yeah, we're today. Yeah. We're just busting Dan Spitz balls. Yep.
1: Oh man. It's I really good.
0: I I like Danny Spitz. <laughs> I do, too.
2: It's
1: just, you know. didn't like much of what he did. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking A. hope Hope you guys are good, Spitz brothers. Oh, man, it's been good. Until then, that's been Jeff. Thanks again. That's been Jason. I'm Dave. See you soon. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Say hi to us. But until then, eat your veggies. Fuck your prayers and nice
0: fucking life.
1: See you then. Later. Hehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehehe <laughs>